All right, I guess it's recording. Starting recording. Yeah. Oh, now it's recording. Okay. All right. All right, guys. Another episode. Just haven't seen it. Podcast. I have Captain Jeffrey Tripp back with me. We're going to do a little, a little late, delayed after action report from the finale, and I'm sure, given what's been going on the PRS this week, we'll be getting, we'll be getting to a whole lot of different topics. But before we get into that, what's up, dude? Man, it's just, um, I'm glad to be back in this uh, rain. It's uh, rained all day today. Literally. It's it's been an, an abysmal fucking day today. Like, I, I looked at Courtney and I was like, babe, this is depressing as shit outside. Because we just had a day, what day was it last week? What, Wednesday or thir- Wednesday or something like that? It pissed rain all day long. Yeah. It was Wednesday. Yeah. And then, like, so everything is saturated as fuck, right? The river is about flooded. And then another day of 100% nonstop rain. Like, it just quit raining a little while ago. Yeah. All fucking day. It's still, been bad. It's still raining here. I mean, it is? My, yeah. You walk across my yard, and it's literally, you sink down three quarters of an inch and just slop. At least. Yeah. What'd you do yesterday? Uh, yesterday, uh... I dog. I went dog hunting yesterday. That's right. Yeah, you called me first, here. First, first time I've been in what three weeks because shooting matches, getting ready for the finale. Um, I just it's been busy and I just really hadn't had the time to go and. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I it, it seems like I've been all I've been doing is shooting lately and, but it's game on. We got like. What ten days, eleven days left to the season? Yeah, I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to get back out there. And I want to kill a doe. I might kill one out here at the house again. Oh, we gonna kill some. I mean, I got six tags to fill, and then I got yeah. six of my wife's tags to fill. Mm-hmm. So we 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 going we going bonus rounds. Straight up murdering around Beaufort County. There you go. Ten days. It's gonna yep. gonna be a massacre around here. Yeah, yesterday I had uh, one of my, my oldest best friends, Wyatt, and uh, his older brother, Nikki. They came over. Um, Wyatt, uh, well, Nikki wanted me. He got it. His wife and son got him for Christmas. He got it early or whatever. Got him a Bergara B-14, uh, one of the, the B-14 rifles or whatever. And wanted, he got him a Leopold, I don't know if it was, I don't know which one of the Leopolds it was. I think it might have been a Varex 5. I don't I don't keep track of them fuckers. But anyway, he got it mounted up and wanted to zero it and wanted me to break it in for him. I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to shoot the damn thing. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not doing no shooting and cleaning. I ran a wet patch down it and then dry patched it out just because it hadn't been shot yet. We're making sure that everything's clear and everything. But I was like, we ain't doing this shooting clean shit. It's wasting my damn time and wasting my. I tell you, the last two barrels that I've shot, my six dasher and my twenty-five, literally take a hundred rounds to the range, shoot fifty shots, and like, I mean, I'm just shooting fifty shots, like one every, I don't know, twenty seconds, and just firing them. Barrels when the mirage gets bad in the scope from the from the barrel, I'll let it cool down a little. While. Usually uh, that's when I uh, I'll go in there and swab it out a little bit, run a few wet patches through it, and then I do it again. And yeah. 
I'm sure there's going to be some guys like you're heating the barrel up hot enough the mirage is getting you on the scope that's like bad for the gun. Hey, Dude, they're shooting. These they're, these guns are they're, they're, they're hammering. So yeah, everybody's got their everybody's got their own opinion on how to clean a break in a barrel. Yep. Yeah. Um, um, then Wyatt he brought his. He, I, I saw, all right, so two years ago, I had sold my Tika and was waiting for my Hancock to get built. And there was the whole delay in parts and everything for Josh to be able to build the damn rifles. And so I needed a hold me over rifle. Um, so I bought a Bergara B14 Ridge just for the barrel action. Put it in one of my chat. I put it in an XLR chassis and shot a match with it, and it was the one and only match that fucker was ever shot because it's not a. I, I found a 147 uh, Hornady ammo was what it liked the best, shooting about 2650, um, and it shot it great. Uh, but that damn thing, it would literally flip the cases and have the case head go down ass first into the chamber and I'd have to drop the mag, finger fuck my chamber, pull the round literally every stage. Every stage I had that happen. At least one time. Yeah. So I was like, this shit's gone. And so I sold it to Wyatt when I when I got my rifle and uh, he's been hunting with it. And he said that he didn't I got I, I he asked me what to buy uh, at the time, I told him to get him a, uh, as far as scope. He put in a KRG Bravo. I got him a Mad Scientist brake put on it. Um, and then a Steiner T5X the new, with the new turret on it, whatever, the the one that works. Um, and it's a good little scope. Um, and he said that he just doesn't feel comfortable shooting in a distance on that rifle because he's never done doesn't know that scope. I was like, well, look, I built you a profile. I said, just look yeah. in the app. I look in the app. I said, go write you a cheat sheet and tape it to the side of the rifle. And there you go. And then I said, trust it. For for what you're doing in the distance, you're going to be shooting it. It'll be fine. I said, right. I said, okay, come on. Bring it over. So he brought it over. As I said, let's confirm it zero. It was about a tenth or two high. Uh, windage was fine. I, I brought it down and slipped the turret. I said, all right, cool. It's zero. Let's go to 500. Put it at 500. I was like, I looked at the Mirage. It was like a Mirage was like going at like a 45, like this, going left to right. I was like, I'm, I'm just going to hold two tenths on it. Fucking waterline that bitch. Dead center. I mean, it was a perfect fucking shot. I said, trust your damn dope. Whatever this thing tells you, you turn the turret to it. And from 500 and in, it's money. I said, so if you see a dead 50, Dial it and send it, man. Fucking send it. So he he felt good about that, the knowing it. And then he he had never shot a 500. So that you get in, you do it. Then he put two. I mean, right back to back. I said, but hold that that first little hash mark, that two tenth mark on the right. Hold it there. Boom impact. Boom impact. I said, put the fucker up. Put it up. He said, man, that was fun. Well, that's probably where it's gonna go. Is it? It's gonna go back in the safe. Yeah, well, it won't ever get shot again. It won't get shot until next year. <laughs> no, he ain't done. I think he, I think he's gonna do some hunting because uh, this weekend and, and during Christmas stuff like that. So he, he's wanting to shoot a deer with it this year. So, um, he's got some does to kill out there at his farm that they hunt in Bethel. But um, you know, was, it amazes me so much that I talk to the guys like at the hunting club, and they talk so much shit about a six five. 
deer hunting. Dude, they must to beat it right back. now. Yeah, they'll go back to a 270. They'll go back to my favorite cartridge, a 7mm 08. Uh, I, look, 708 is the most slept-on hunting cartridge out there. I love, which I don't own one, but I've shot them. And just what they do, I love a 708. I own, I own three of them. I yeah, I need, I need, to, I need to quit talking shit. I need to build me one, man, because I love a 708. And with the bullets that we have today, even better. Remember, my 708 is back from the 90s. It, it is, it's one of a few brown and micro medallions that were built back in the 90s. And I remember, I remember the gun because the first time I shot it. It scope ringed me. Oh yeah! Like it, it busted my face wide open. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I was only like five or six years old. Yeah. And uh, I was scared of it after that. And and I think I was like eight or nine when I got it and started shooting it again. And uh, I remember back then, my dad, back in the nineties, he was doing what what they called hand loading. Which was yeah. more or less trying to duplicate a, a factory load. Right, and instead of improving it. There wasn't much ammo. There wasn't a lot of ammo available back in the 90s for hunting purposes. Mm-hmm. You're breaking, up, you're breaking up a little bit, bud. Breaking up? Yeah, like a reception breaking up. That's not good. No, you're good now. Um... My internet can't get any better. Yeah, I know. Um, but it, uh, I remember Federal pre- Federal came out with their Federal Premium 140 ballistic tips. Mm-hmm. And literally, you couldn't load. Yeah, you're breaking up a little bit, brother. You you just froze on me. Yeah, you you're breaking up. Um, okay, let me see here. <laughs> um, That's for county we're internet. Having, we're, we're having technical difficulties here. Um, yeah. Give me one moment here. Let me check. A laptop. Don't you have a laptop? I do have a laptop. Why isn't it? By the way, guys, if you're wondering what the fuck is in my mouth, my wife baked, Courtney baked a uh, Nutella banana nut bread. Son, it's just a heat, bro. I don't know how good it's going to taste. It's fucking good. Um, I don't know how this beer is going to taste after eating this. I'm about to find out, though. Uh, All right. How about now? How about, how about that? Is that better? Well, it wasn't necessarily the feed as much as it was the audio was breaking the fuck up. Does the audio sound better now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I you're swapped, shooting one your network or something? Yeah, I swapped channels on my network. All right. Um, um, what, you were shooting 140 yeah. ballistic tips? Yeah, 140 grain ballistic tips, and I have literally, I have killed every animal in North America with that gun in the U.S. I've killed black bear, white tail, mule deer, elk, 
Um, what about a squirrel? Is there in North- Go squirrel. I have shot a squirrel with it. I have shot a squirrel with it. <laughs> How about a cat? I shot a. F- um. Yeah, no cats with it. I, I, I'm not going to answer that question. Criminate. <laughs> <laughs> I have shot a dog with it. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we had a we had, back in the day, uh, especially down here, we had a problem with, like wild dogs, real bad. And, yeah. And uh, it is what it is. But uh, we um, you, an animal that I'm putting on my list, and it should be of no surprise to anybody that I want you, I want actually I want you, me, and CL to go on this hunt together. But I want to go, and I don't know when. Definitely not next year with all this shit going on, but I want to go on an Idaho wolf hunt. I want to kill a black wolf because I've, everybody knows I'm obsessed with black wolves and I've got a black wolf half sleeve tattoo. And I love black wolves and I want a black one. I'm a full body man of ass. Like literally full body man. I don't give a fuck how much it costs. It's going to have like a cool like rock or something seen with his ass standing there looking like with big old yellow eyes. Like I'm telling you dog, it's going to happen. I'm going to well, kill a black I, one. If I see one, when I go, I'll be there in October next year. You're going to get a tag for you. Well, yeah, you can get it over, over the counter in Idaho. Yeah. Yeah. So I've already got my elk tag for next year. Yeah. Um, I got it like two weeks, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got, I got an elk tag to go to Sawtooth. Uh, the sawtooth area of yeah, the zone, elk zone uh, which is pretty much like straight east of Boise, uh, Dude, which is where my which is where my friends to, live. You gotta go to Boise. I gotta go to Boise. That's where Boise, that's where my friends live at. Good. Boise is the bro. When I was in, the, oh my no, I, I'm I, I'm not even gonna say some of the shit. Um, <laughs> when I went to, we went TDY to to Mountain Home, Idaho, which is the literal brown wrinkled penny of the United States. Mountain Home, Idaho is shitty as fuck. But Boise is the shit. It is like the titty of America. Like it's awesome. Well, well I'm driving out there all thirty seven hours of it. Um yeah, some of the cool clubs and bars I've ever been to, which was when I was back in the age of going to bars and clubs and stuff. But I tell you what, I did not see one ugly chick the entire entire time I was in Boise, like literally. And the thing was, there was it's it's the reason why there's a, is a ratio problem. There's like eight, there's literally eight to one girl guy ratio, right? So you would you would see you would see this absolute fucking goober. With three bitches grinding their fat old asses all over, I'm like, what the fuck? Like that guy back home, that guy would be not even let in the bar. Like, they wouldn't even let him in. And I, I, there, it was it was an anomaly. It was like I was in Bizarro World or some shit. Like it was, I ain't never the seen. Girl, the girls can't get away from there. No, and dude, they're like literally. I I didn't see anything less than an eight. Literally. Wow. I saw nothing less than an eight at Boise. That's because of what Boise State. I guess that's what Boise State University. Isn't that what's the college there? I don't know. I, I ain't never been to Idaho. 
college right there in Boise. I think it's Boise State. All, all, all I know is the – ain't that the Potato State? Idaho Potato – yeah, it is. Yep. Yeah, Potato State. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, but, I, dude, I'm happy for you. And if I, if I see a black wolf, I'm, I'm going to shoot it for you. Just well, if you see any wolf, shoot it. But yeah, well, actually, save the black one for me. Don't shoot him. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll save him. I'm gonna be really jealous if you shoot a black wolf. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be low key hating for a while. You're gonna be about as jealous as Ben Fleener is tonight. Why is Ben Fleener jealous tonight? Because I cooked my my famous chicken. chicken tonight. Oh snap! I, and and uh, I sent him a, I, I had to send him a picture of it. Yeah, well, fuck your chicken, dude. I want that black wolf. Believe me, ain't no as I'm gonna be if you shoot a black wolf. I've been wanting that black wolf for a couple of years, and I, I looked hey, up. It ain't nothing but a thing. You just gotta go do it. Yeah, I've looked it up in like the guided wolf hunts. Tag included. Tag included. This, I think it was like right around three grand. To to uh, yeah, think about it. A wolf hunt is gonna be a lot different. Than say an elk hunt, you know what I'm saying? Let's see. I don't know a whole lot of shit about wolf hunting, but I mean I've done enough coyote hunting and stuff, but it can't be it ain't the same. But it, it's got to be it's a whole different dynamic. And I've also looked into doing like private wolf tours, wolf tours at uh, Yellowstone, and they say that and I've looked into all the guides there, and that's actually just I've just to, just to watch and photograph and stuff like that, not to kill them because you can't kill anything in uh, Yellowstone. But they uh, it's actually pretty damn affordable. Um, but it uh, they say that the best time to go is February when I hear I hear you Tito's I see your Tito's right there. Um, but because obviously it's the coldest, but that's when they they have like they get a new kill every day. They're yeah. they're the most successful Feb, January February time because uh, well everything else is freezing their asses off and having a hard time in the snow like elk and mule deer and stuff. And they're on top of the snow just playing like they're just eating everything. So they're the most visible. Uh, in that February, January time, um, I'm sure Idaho gets cold as a witch's titty, you know, brass ball, just like Yellowstone does in February. But I'm going to do what I got to do to where I get my best chance if I drive or fly that far to kill that motherfucker and come home with one. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you, when you got that kind of money invested, you kind of got to. Yeah. I mean, it, it, part is the travel and the, you know, that's expensive. Well, I mean, I, I was kind of glad, um, and we'll get more into it in a little while, but uh, one of the guys that we shoot with from time to time, Trent Winnegar, mm-hmm. um, I shot with him. He was in our squad at the finale. And we got, I got on the topic of, I heard somebody say, he was talking about his dad, who was there to watch him shoot, um, was from Idaho. And I'm like, cool, I'm going to be going to Idaho this year. Okay, and he was like, where are you going? I'm like, Sawtooth, uh, zone of Sawtooth, and it's just just east of uh, Boise, and he's like, okay. He's like, go as early as possible. Don't wait till the late part of the season. Like, whenever it comes in, 
You need to be there. You need to be there. You need to get there a day before. Right. So you, so you can be in the field when it when it comes up when it opens. Yep. He's like, dude. He was like, them elk. Once after about a week of being hunted hard, he's like, oh yeah, they're, they're in the timber. Yeah, they're in the timber. I mean, they're yep. they're gonna be in the timber fucking off because they're trying to get away from the pressure. I can imagine. So, so I think I think I'm gonna end up. I know I could take my 708 again, um, but I think I'm gonna probably either take my 300 Weatherby or. I'm going to build a six five PRC. I hadn't I hadn't decided yet. Well, you don't even have to you only have to build it, dude. I mean you've got just no, get a barrel I, and a bolt head. I'll get a barrel, get a barrel. I already got the bolt head. For the for the T L three. T L three. I mean that's the beautiful thing about a T L three. As bad as I hate the T L three shooting a dasher and I shot a whole I shot a barrel out with a TL3 on my dasher. But as bad as I hate that now compared to my impact mm-hmm. shooting a dasher, it's just, I mean, I, I like my TL3 for for cartridges that are 308 based or bigger. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it just... Full-size short-action cartridges. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's fine with a dasher. BR is great. I mean, it, it works. But I cannot tell you how many times I've been there. Bought the bolt back and go to shove the bolt home, and there's a damn fire case in the chamber. And that 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 back. to me is the really the only that's the only problem that the TL3s have is their extractors because you don't hear any other problems with them at all. Now they Absolutely do they. Not. They do tend now. One thing I don't like about as far as their operation is they are a smooth, smooth action. But any any one o'clock pressure on the bolt handle, oh. it will it will bind up on you. It does, and that's what yeah. that's why I never like when UNCL had TL threes. I want you to buy TL threes, man. I've 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 run y'all's like I, I they're smooth and they're accurate actions and they've got good features and everything. They're I mean they're exact time they probably hold the tightest tolerances as far as headspace of any other action out there but i i just don't like that and it's uh i mean it takes a lot to get used to it does um and if you you don't know how to run a bolt straight and true yeah every time it is not it is not the action for you yeah i mean it, it it's just like cl's buddy when he got, he was like, "Man, my my action's broke." He had an like, What are you What are you talking about? Your action's broke. He's like, "Every time I bolt it, the, the bolt's binding up. I can't. It, it won't. It's rough. Something, something wrong with this. This. My this Remington t- smells smoother. It, it feels smoother than this thing. And it's like, uh, see, see, bring it to me. Bring it to me. Yeah. I, I, it was like, I'll buy it sight unseen. You dummy! This now look, and that is probably that rifle that we're talking about specifically is probably the honestly one of the baddest hunting rifles there are because he's got a load for the 156 burgers. Oh yeah, that thing. CL said that he was with him out there at front line when they were doing basically a ladder test at distance, and he said that at 800 yards. 
over a grain of powder difference. He said it was literally stacking them on top of the other. He says, David, with that bullet, he said, I've seen a lot of, he, you know, see, I was hunting with a lot of big cartridges. You know, he's, he's hunting with rum, 300 rums, uh, seven rums, wind mags, seven, uh, rim, uh, seven rim mags, wind mags, all of them. And he's a big Magnum guy. CL is. He shoots. He yeah. shoots a lot of Magnum. But he said, "I ain't never seen a short action anything move a plate with authority like that damn PRC did." And he so he was he was what Rotumbo wasn't it? He was running a, a yep. Rotumbo. Yeah, Rotumbo. like fifty eight some change, fifty nine grains of Rotumbo. Yeah. And he said, "Dude, that fucking plate was rocking." And uh, that to me, that bullet, that cartridge, dude, that's bad medicine for any fucking thing walking this continent, bro. Like I would shoot Absolutely. the biggest, I would shoot the biggest elk on the planet, the biggest moose, a a Boone and Crockett black bear. I would shoot anything and everything you'd put in front of me with that damn thing. Absolutely. And 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 sleep like a fucking baby because if that thing didn't drop with his dick in the dirt right then and there. Then I put a bad shot on him, and that was on me. And that would have been the same as if I had shot him with a fucking 50 BMG. So, you know what, I mean, you know what would be interesting? And I, I mean, and I hadn't done the ballistics on it. It probably would be kind of null and void with the 6 PRC, the 264 Wim with all the other cartridges, but a 6.5 Weatherby. Yeah, I mean, well, they've, they've, they've got that. They've, well, they've got, they basically got that. So, the, well, they've got, yeah, they got the 264 Weatherby. Yeah. There's a, there's a few of those in existence and it's throwing, it's throwing a, a damn 140 grain bullet faster than shit. Yeah. Maybe kind of like the, a, a 6.5 Psalm. No. Uh-uh. No? It's, no, 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 no. It's way faster than that, dude. Okay. It's it's yeah, probably more like, it's, S, more like STW. Yeah, it, it's it's easily throwing at 200, 250 feet per second faster than a psalm. So you're talking like 34, 3600 feet a second. Th- about 35, yep. Yeah. 30 between 34 and 3500 with a 140 grain bullet. Now there was a six five. What was it? A six that that one company that the six five. War Eagle, War Eagle, or some—I sh- don't even fucking yeah. know what it was called. Some, some catchy name like that. It was like some absolute laser beam, a damn three hundred shot barrel. <laughs> it's well, what's like, the, what's the twenty six Nosler running? Nosler, uh, I, I think the thirty, thirty high thirty twos, thirty threes, maybe. Somebody here is gonna correct me. That's fine. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm I not into. I, I don't live out west, so. I, the only game I got to shoot is a damn white-tailed deer, a coyote, and maybe a black bear. You know what I'm saying? Inside of 500. <laughs> yeah, inside of 500. You know what I'm saying? And my 6.5 just put his dick in the dirt at 504. He didn't take a step. It's literally God reached down and pulled his soul right out, snatched it out from underneath him. He hit the fucking dirt. So if my little slow-ass Tika over there, 24-inch Tika does that with a 6.5 Creedmoor, that's all I fucking need here. Yeah. My finger wind mag is in there and it shoots damn dimes. I don't even have a scope on it. But yeah, there's no scope. Know, honestly, <laughs> I'm sitting here I'm sitting here at my bench and I'm sitting here looking at 
one of the first guns I ever had built, and that's a 260. Mm-hmm. And that- probably one of my favorite cartridges of all times. I mean, it, and it's so close to the 65 Creedmoor, but it just I. I still love it. It still mm-hmm. has a heart in my. It has a place in my it's heart. Not, yeah. And it shoots those 130 Burger hybrids, phenomenal. I, I mean, just that to me. That to me. I've killed as far as a 65 goes, and I haven't killed anywhere near as many critters as UNCL have. Um, but I got a late start in hunting um, compared to you guys, but because my dad didn't hunt, um, I got it. I fell into hunting. Fell in love with hunting on my own. And, uh, um, I've killed more deer with that 130 than I have, I think, any other one bullet. I mean, I've, I have killed, I have mucked, mucked them up with that 130. I love and, that one. Uh, and I really had never really messed with it until I was watching a, uh, a YouTube channel, uh, Panhandle Precision. Yeah. And uh, he was out west shooting pronghorns with it. And I was like, that's interesting. I've seen that. He shoots a 260 Terminator. Yeah, which is a little Uh, fast. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what the Terminator is. but It's just an improved. It's like an actually improved. So, um, but I was like, hmm, that's worth a try. And I'm jumping them things like 130 thou in this gun. Mm -hmm. That is where they like to be jumped at. Yeah. that was it was on his recommendation. He was like, jump them. Like, just yeah. shoot them all in there and see what happens. And if it just did, they, they went from shooting like an inch group to a one hole group. Yeah. And it was like, all right. Yeah. Well, Wyatt was, well, see, Wyatt reloads. When I say reloads, I mean he reloads. He doesn't really hand load like in for the precision that we do. Yeah. Uh, he he reloads and uh, like he's got a 264 Win Mag. Now mind you, this is a Remington 700 with a factory 264 Win Mag barrel on it. And he bought I forgot what I mean Acubons I forgot what bullet he's using with it. Um, he brought it out here a couple of years ago and we shot it and it shot like an inch group at 100 and I was like, dude, that'll do. I mean, it kicked like a $2 fucking mule. I mean, it's a pencil barrel, and it's yep. a lot of powder behind that bullet. But um, he's he's looking in. I'm thinking the the precision bug might be nibbling at his butt right now. Um, <laughs> the only problem is, is that barrel is a it's a slow twist. I think oh, it's like yeah. I think it's like a ten twist or something like that. But I think with that much powder. I mean, I, mean, I think it's like a 10 or 11 twist. It's a stupid slow twist. When I looked at it, I was like, I remember when those guns were built, what was available on the factory side right. of things. Yeah, light. I, mean, I remember when I got my first DPMS 260 uh, semi auto AR 10 gun. Um, it come with it. That gun actually came with a one in seven five twist barrel. It's fast twist, which but it's also awesome. shorter. It's shorter too. It's a shorter barrel. It is. Well, it was a twenty-six inch barrel. Oh, it's a twenty-six. Damn. Twenty. But the heaviest bullet you could get at the time was a one forty. Uh, a one forty. I think it was made by Remington. Yeah, a Corlox. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was 
was so shitty bullet, and I got some of them, but I could never get the gun to shoot because you had to handload for it. Well, what does every gun manufacturer say about handloading? Handload, you void the warranty. Yeah. So I ended up sending it back to DPMS. I was like, hey, uh, can you swap the barrels out for me for something else? And I met a good friend of mine now, uh, Mark, out there at DPMS, and he's like, yeah, man. He's like, um, I'll find you a barrel. And he, he went through like seven or eight barrels in his custom shop uh, in 308 and sent mm-hmm. it back to me and was like, it shoots this crappy factory ammo, one-inch groups. Yeah. And, and I still got the gun today. Um, yeah. Well, I, now that barrel would be perfect for what we're shooting, right? That seven and a half yeah. list would be fucking perfect, right? <laughs> But so he was like, what bullet? So he's, he's wanting, he, now even him who's not, I mean, he loves to shoot, but at a, in the sense of what a hunter does or just a gun enthusiast does, not what we do. But even he is feeling, everyone's feeling the heat right now of the lack of ammo and or component availability right now. So he's like, what do I need to find? So well, here, Here's, I gave him a brand new unopened box of 100 uh, 140 grain LDMs. I said, this will kill anything that you shoot with it out of that Creedmoor if you want to load for the Creedmoor or if you want for the Win Mag. Um, and so and he was like, sent me stuff that I told him about the 140 hybrids. He's trying to find that. I said, dude, look for the 130 hybrids too. I said, I don't know if you'll be able to find either one of them, but if you do uh, the 130s or the 140s, Either one will work great with both of your guns, either the either the Win Mag or and or the the Creedmoor. I mean, it'll that'll be be perfect for it because it's an A. It is my opinion the most accurate 6.5 bullet, the 140 and the 130, and both of them motherfuckers are absolute hell on shit you hit with it. I mean, they they work great, and that's what he's looking to do. So, um. And I even got Nikki, his older brother, kind of bit by the bug too. They're out here, and you know, I was talking, going over some things with them, and then Nikki's sending me text messages about, you know, what should I do? I got me a new trigger. He ordered a new trigger because that trigger, he felt my trigger on my, uh, on my Hancock, uh, my, that trigger tech, and he ended up buying him a trigger tech primary for his Bergara. And he says, can I do anything to the stock to make it more accurate? I said, well, you can bet it. Uh, he said, how do I do that? Is it hard? I said, well, there's YouTube videos to show you how to do it. I said, here's the link to the ProBed 2000 kit that I've got. I said, don't buy the, the Brownells release, the release agent spray. It's $33 a can. Use mine. I'll give you my can to use. <laughs> don't buy that shit because it's expensive. I've already got it. It works great, but you know, you can use mine. And so I said, look, man, you, be careful, dude. I said, because this precision bug will bite you. This will cost you a whole bunch of damn money. Yes, it will. And I said, since he said, well, I just, what what did he say? He said, I just want to, you know, be able to shoot deer out to maybe 450. I said, yeah, that's what I said five years ago. And now look what I'm doing. And I said, I bet you in five years I have spent over $40,000 total. If you count rifles, optics, like fully built rifles. We ain't going down this, this topic. I know, cause you. Because you're gonna make me not. You're gonna make me just. I'm not even gonna want to talk anymore. 
Yeah, I know. So I said, he said, and he was like, well, I hope it don't bite me. I said, well, you better just call one inch good enough then. I said, because you keep going. Yeah. <laughs> end up scrapping that rifle. You're going to get me to build you shit. And, you know, it's bad when you get a barrel and you go shoot it with a, a, a pet load and it shoots like three quarters of an inch. And you're like, man, fuck this barrel. I'm throwing yeah. that bitch in the trash. <laughs> it's the tomato stick. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what. And then, it, then you tune it a little bit and you get it down to like under a half inch. It's like, man, it, it's okay for a match gun. I mean. Or a hunting rifle, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a welder barrel, dude. And I mean, I feel kind of bad because even on this podcast, I talk fucking pure tea cash shit about that barrel. And granted, it is a slow yeah. barrel. It is, it, it is. It's about 80 feet per second slower with the same load with a same length barrel. I mean, you take the ammo out but, of it, and, but it was the blackjack. I talked to blackjack about the, the 25s, and I was having some bad luck with them, and they were like, what lot number you got? And I told him, he said, man, I, I think I've had a couple customers have a problem with that lot. Uh, how many you got left? I said, well, I had a thousand, but I've got, you know, I forgot how much I had left. He said, send me what you got back. He said, I'll put an inventory to keep it for testing and stuff, but I'll send you a new lot. Sent me the new lot, dog. It went from three quarters of an inch to one fucking hole. I said, son of a bitch. I've been and talking. You know, it, that sucks, though, because you feel like you were, you feel like you've been used. I mean, that. I, I mean, really, I'm more mad at this point right now in 2020. I'm more mad about the fucking primers I wasted. Fuck the powder. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about that. The fucking primers. I mean, it was like 500 or 700 primers I wasted on that shit, trying to get it to shoot right. Look, look. I, I, I was standing next to like 200,000 primers the other day. And it hurt my feelings that none of them were... The only primers that were mine were damn large rifles. Yeah. And all the small rifles that were sitting there was like, uh, just turn your head. Just turn your head. Let me pick up a box. I'd have been, I'd have been fucking uh, tempted to pull a pistol on somebody and say, I'm taking these bitches with me. Boy, did you, you saw the post about all the the shields. Uh, was it? I'm not sure how you pronounce it. It's shields. Shields. Out, um, out Midwest. Yeah, we don't have here, but they got a big at all their stores. They got a big shipment of primers in, and them bitches were gone, son. The word got, and they were gone. They had a shelf like when I say a shelf, I'm talking like a three tiered shelf, long and tall, full of primers, and that bitch was like fucking million, millions of primers gone, gone. I mean, it, it, it's unreal. But you know, I mean. Look, if, if if somebody called me today and said, "Hey, I'll sell you fifty thousand primers. I could buy fifty thousand primers right now. Mm -hmm. I'd buy them, but I wouldn't buy them for myself. I'd you buy them, and I'd be, and I would call up all my buddies and like, "Hey, what's your primer situation right now? Because realistically, for for a year's worth of shooting the matches." I only need like 3,000 primers. Right. And then maybe 1,000 to practice with. So 4,000 primers would would really get me 
through a year comfortably. Yeah. And the rest of them, I mean, I, I'd, I'd be calling Eric, him and his brother. I know he's, he he doesn't have, he's got what I sold him the other day, the thousand. Um, you, I know you're stretched in. I mean, I'm sitting here looking at on my shelf and I've got like 4,000 205s, 1,000 450s, and then a, and then a handful of small, uh, 400s. Yeah, I've got right. I mean, I've got let's say I've got two thousand, I believe, BR fours in an undisclosed location. Wait for me to go pick them up. Um, I've got a guy that's got a thousand two hundred fives that wants to trade me. Uh, he guy that I've known and shot with for a while. A good fishing buddy of mine lives in uh, Farmville. Um, he won't. He he doesn't need this much. He's got two hundred fives. He's got that a brick of two of two hundred fives that. He doesn't need, but he needs large rifle, and I've got what he needs. For, you know, we're going to trade up, and uh, we're also going to trade up some powders. I've got some RL17, some 16. I'm going to sell, uh, trade them for some 48.95. Um, but I've got, let's see, I've got 400 BR4s right now, 2,000 out of state that I got to pick up. Um, I've got 3,400s, and then I've got right now i already have a hundred left of the 205s of my old stash and then i'm about 150 of no actually about 100 450s so once i once i get my stash of br4s i might be I might be shooting br4s this season but Either way, I mean, in me, you, and CL, we've got, and we're not going to name names or people or organizations, but we've We've got a hook up on the inside. As soon as he gets some, which he'll be getting some any day now. We've hopefully. got a, hopefully. If, if Shields is getting them, then he's getting them because he's the type of person and works for the type of company that would be selling them to Shields. So we've, we're we knock on some wood right here. We're going to be having a damn stack of primers. And I, I, my goal is to get to the point where I, that David ain't never got to buy primers for years. But I ain't you know? got to be there right now. No. Look, if I didn't get another primer right now, I've got enough right now to shoot one season for sure. If, for, if, for, if the guy called and said, how many you want, I'd literally tell him I'd take 5,000. That's all no, I want. No, I'm going to ask him how many he's got. <laughs> I, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna be the greedy guy. And uh, there's a lot of greedy guys out there right now that are just buying every single one they can get. And, and just like the guy that was, he's selling them coming down. I saw those snipers out the other night. Yeah, I did too. I saw it too. One hundred and fifty dollars per thousand. Yeah, that's some that shit. That is fucking wrong. Yeah. Well, that's not. I'm. Look. I'm, I'm sorry. I agree, but he ain't even that bad. This Bama sell him for a thousand for a thousand, and that is crime, dude. I look whatever primer I get. What if I if if dude calls up CL said, hey, how many you want? Because I've got a fucking pallet. However many of those I buy, or whenever I get any other primers or whatever, they ain't going for sale. Those are staying here, and those are getting shot eventually, or. Like you said, if I've got a friend like whoever calls, like if Mike Burns calls me, hey man, I'm I'm hard up on primers right now. I'm like, oh look, I got you. 
know what I'm saying? But something like, and, and I'll probably just give them to them. But, or, or give them at least what for whatever the sticker is on that box, right? But, no, if I, I'm going to get my, my goal, because the way I look at it is this way, is that if, if we haven't learned anything, is but it, uh, it, we've learned this, is if whomever powers that be ever wanted to really control or create a panic or, or control the amount of ammunition, that bang button is all you've got to control. Fuck the bullets, the brass, the, pow- the powder, the guns. Guns are useless. They ain't got nothing to go down them. So that primer is an ease because there ain't but so many places that those are sold and, or made. So three places those are those are made. So that's the point is that I, I'm, I'm never going to be in this situation again. After I'm out of the situation, I'll never be in it again. I agree. I'm not trying to make a dollar on any on anything. So if if dude said, hey, look, I got fifteen thousand or fifty thousand with your name on them, I'm not going on fucking Gunbroker or Sniper's Hide or anywhere. Hey, I got a brick of a thousand for a hundred bucks or hundred fifty bucks. No, fuck that. Uh, and that is that's that's some of that bullshit. That's fuckboy uh, shit. Right there. I ain't doing that. That's uh, cold. that's cold blooded. I mean. It maybe it maybe the only way that guy can sleep at night is he's saying that hey my traveling because think about it, he's coming from somewhere in the northeast going down to Texas my travel expenses that's uh, I don't know I even that's a hard sell but I mean that's just that's no, tough no that 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 to me is just being fucking greedy I, I, I'm not going to disagree I, I'm sorry I'm sorry it's just uh, you're taking advantage of a situation. It ain't no different than the guys out there selling fucking hand sanitizer back in March. For, for twelve bucks for, for a bottle. Twelve <laughs> bucks for a damn two ounce bottle. Yeah. Because people needed it. Yeah. Now That's, did they really need it? Not really, but it's still it's the point. It, I yes. understand the premises oh, of supply and demand, but when you take advantage of people, I mean, a box a thousand primers. Is right around fifty bucks. Fifty four bucks on the high end if you're buying it in the store, ordering it forty five. I mean, it just it, it just yeah, it hundred fifty dollars uh, and 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 it's sad that people need them so bad that they're willing to pay it. Yeah, and, and you've got I guess I don't want to say the problem, but the what is feeding that is that you do have people that have the expendable income to where they won't lose sleep. They're like, hey, look, this guy's got them. I'm willing to pay this for them. And if I wasn't, I might not be able to get them. So, yeah, I'll throw them 150, 200 bones for a brick of a 1,000. Well, you know what I do? That's just – I buy a 308 barrel and shoot my large rifle primers. Yeah, I know. And I got – yeah, I got some large rifles too. So, it's – um. Yeah, that that's that's a thing. Uh, that's part of it. So, yeah, I mean, I'm 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 going and letting people know right now. Next year, I'm shooting tack class. If I shot tack class, I don't know if it'd be my 308. It would probably be my 223. My only yeah. 308 now I got is a 20 inch barrel for my AI. I ain't shooting a 20 inch uh, barrel. See, see, I'm looking at a I'm looking at a 28 inch barrel right now. All right. Yeah. I so mean, you can it, it, get those already, 75s yeah. or 78s up or solids or whatever. If I can find some bullets for it. <laughs> well, hey, look, 
I know I know a guy that that uh whose solid turn lays bullets. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I know that guy too. <laughs> so Josh, good day, Josh. We, we can get we can three get bullets. bullets. We need some, some three hundred eight, one seventy five green solids. Make it happen. There's no rule book. There's no rule in the rule book about solids yet. Nope. Not this yet. Got to be less than one hundred seventy five greens or. 175 or less. Yeah, and it probably will be. I mean, if you got a solid, it probably would be less than 175 grains. Yeah. It'd, be, it'd probably be in the 170, between 168 and 173 range, I bet. I bet that'd be a bad mamma jumbo. Bruh. Your only downfall then would be just the uh, felt recoil. You know, that's it, you. You that's wouldn't be. Only, that's literally the only downside about going to pack class. Yeah. Is shooting. I mean, I go to. I could go back to shooting a six five Creedmoor, but. I mean, it'd be. Yeah, it'd be fun. To I, I did. I mean, I shot. You know, remember I shot it, uh, my six five with that factory burger ammo at a VPRC. Yeah, I mean, it'd be fun to shoot three oh eight for a little while. Yeah. Play the well, wing game a little bit. Yeah. Well, not if you're shooting them solids. You ain't playing much of a win game. Well, no, no. I mean, so. shooting in Eastern North Carolina, you don't really play in win anyway. No, our wind is just, our wind isn't tough. It's not hard. It's just switchy. It's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky wind. It's not hard wind. It ain't blowing yeah. hard. Fucker, yeah, five miles. It's, it's like, oh, shit, it's five mile an hour. You know, it's just, it's it seems you like you to be lucky. Right, really, because it's it seems that it's always it's always a fishtailing head or tailwind, and it'll blow you on both sides of the plate, or it could be just super gusty. Boom, there's a gust of five, then it's nothing, or a gust of eight, now it's two. Not a, hey, it's 15, 20 mile an hour, but it's a pretty consistent wind or you know, full value. It's none of that. It's, yeah. like you said, you get lucky on it. And, and like we talk about, I've talked about it, Paul's, uh, at Paul specifically, you are blocked from the wind yep. at shooter's position. But once you get out about 100, 150 yards, the trees open up. There's no trees blocking it. And then then, then that's where the wind is. So you got to get good at calling what the wind is down there because the flag you know, hanging from a tripod will be either not moving at all or it might be moving uh, – uh, left to right, but down there at the target, everybody's holding on the right side of the plate. It's just opposite of what it's doing. So it's just tricky. We saw that last match. Yeah, we did. I we mean, it, it, you'd be looking at the wind, it's like the smoke's going one way, and you're like, no. that way. Yeah, right. It's in. <laughs> I'm not holding on that side. There's stage <laughs> seven particularly, dude. That the 500 yard berm. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Crazy. now you can look at Mirage, and it's going, it's going uh right, right left. left. And then when you hit the plate, you see the smoke, the plume of the of the core exploding. Right. <laughs> no, it, no, even that it'll go right to left, but then. If you hold right, you're gonna miss way off. You need to hold left. Like what? Or no, opposite. So it's just opposite. Whatever. The, what? And I don't. I can't explain that. I can't explain how it does that. How literally, as soon as a feedback you get off that plate, 
the, the plume of smoke coming off the plate, it shoots dead left. Then why am I holding the left side of the plate and getting a hit? Yeah. What? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it, it's the damnedest shit ever. And that's just, you know, you either know, you know his range or you don't, and you pay for it. But let's get into the finale. So what, one thing I want to get into before you get started is what you oh. called me. What 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 you called me about on Friday? So you got there Thursday, y'all had fun, you went out there Friday, and you told me some shit that had you asked me beforehand if that was ever possible. I said absolutely fucking not. But Dude, you said that Dude, every- it was so bad. I know could exactly, shoot. I know exactly what you're talking about. The day before the match. So tell me, tell me, tell everybody what that was like. So you get so out, you get we out. We get down there, we get down there, and we, we get our guns zeroed. I, I literally get there as they're opening up at 9 o'clock. And there was already getting to be a line there, and I'm waiting on uh, Mike Burns and a couple other guys to get there before I start getting my stuff out. And, uh, and, we get we get our guns set up, get everything zeroed in, and we look down range because it's like a troop line. Except right. the troop line's like a half a mile long mm-hmm. from from where the front is to the back. And we see guys going up and down it and shooting off the props. I'm like, okay, what's up with this? And uh, we go and we talk to a couple guys and they're like, yeah. You can uh, shoot off of stage one, three, five, eight, seventeen, and like eighteen or some shit like that. I, I don't know what it, I, I know it was the first couple, and I don't remember. What it was it was a bunch. It was a bunch of stages. I'm like, okay, this is this is new. Yeah. Well, that lasted like thirty minutes, and uh, and Justin was riding around on his on his four wheeler. Trying to police it. Move that, whatever that was that just got in front of the camera. Is that a napkin? And, hey. Yeah, it was a napkin. And uh, so Justin was riding around. He was trying to police it a little bit. And it got to the point that it just, it, it was literally a free-for-all. Every stage. Now, granted, you didn't know what targets you were shooting. Because let me tell you, when I say a target-rich environment, this hillside literally looks like, it looks like that dry fire system behind you. Yeah, just targets all I over mean, the bitch. <laughs> it is literally, this hillside is there's there are targets everywhere down this hillside. So you had a lot of options if you got up there to the prop, you could shoot off of stuff. Well, to me, it felt wrong. It was wrong, Jeff. Going up there and shooting off of all these props. And we'll tell, hey, tell everybody what everybody was doing. What? Tell everybody what, what were everybody they doing. There, they were up there making notes, getting bipod heights, tripod heights. I mean, everybody was shooting off of everything, and it and it just, I mean, it, to me, I'm not a, I, I'm not a gamer. Neither. I mean, I, I I try to game, but I'm just not a gamer. I mean, it, I'm not. I will use advantages that I'm given if I'm given them, 
Um, but you are pretty good at cooking up something. Like if we go to a stage and we, we hit a stage brief, Jeff will be over there like stroking his beard a little bit, getting all mad scientists and shit. He's like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm like, I probably would have never thought of running it that way. Like you're good at it, but it's not like an unfair thing. Like a no, bear moves, and you put two game changers on each, uh, a game changer each side of it to make quit it, you know, keep it from moving all that crap. You don't do that, but you just come up with really good, efficient ways to shoot a stage. And that, that's something that I, I'm picking up from you. Yeah. I mean, it, it, and, and in this game, if it's not, if you don't move efficiently, on the east coast because we shoot 90 second part times always you are gonna run out of time on every stage if you're not moving efficiently so it i i'm i'm fortunate to shoot on the east coast and have to shoot these shoot crazy courses of fire at some places and have to move fast and I believe it makes you a better shooter when you have to move fast because you have to think methodically on how you move. Well, we get out there. So everybody's shooting off of everything. Everybody's making notes on all this stuff. And uh, I didn't even shoot. Uh, we went down to the long range area, and I didn't even shoot down there. It just, everything in my gut was saying this is wrong, and I'm not doing it. It made you feel like you were at a titty bar that your wife don't know you're there, and like you just paid for a lap dance, and you got that feeling like, man, this shit feels wrong. <laughs> you no, uh, no, it feels more like you pay for a lap dance, and she's telling you we can go out back. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, and I can, and, you and can, you can get more than the lap dance. Yeah, That's I can slide your knob, give you that old gawky gawky two thousand. No. I'm 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 good. Thank you though. So we we get done and it's just I mean it just man this is the PRS finale. It it'd be one thing if this is a one day or something like that. This you just said it. It is the fucking PRS finale. It is the granddaddy of all matches of the year. And this is right. the first finale that I've ever shot. And and I and look I won in the top 150. I was somewhere in the 200s, and I managed to get the second email that came out to get to go out there. And mm-hmm. hey, it, it was fun. I had a great time out there. But for the finale to show up out there, and you, everybody is out there finger fucking every prop and shooting, it it just felt wrong. And, yeah, just uh, because it was wrong. If it feels wrong, it typically is wrong. And, it, and by God, is somebody who won't there, and you told me that, when you said that shit, my jaw hit the fucking floor. So I was like, are you fucking joking, dude? So we get out there. So all this gets done. We uh, A big group of us went out um, Friday night. We went to the pizza thing, and uh, we get there, and they got like, a cup. They got Modelo, Natural Light, Bud Light on draft, and then cold pizza. We we stayed there for maybe like 30, 45 minutes, and it was it was fun. It was the the place that we were at was Double G Ranch. Mm-hmm. It was like a like a wedding venue, dude. It was fuck. It was awesome. It was a cool place. That's cool. It was a, it was a cattle farm. 
they had a cool brand. Their their brand was cool because it was double G's back to back. Um, and I've always been a fan of brands. Oh yeah. And and uh, we end up with there was a group of us. It was me, Mike Burns, his girlfriend uh, Mackenzie, and Bryce. And uh, we were like, let's 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 go find let's go find uh, somewhere to go get a drink at. <laughs> so we. We literally punched in Google bar and we pull up to the first bar we get to. And I look at Mike Burns and I look at Bryce. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going in this bar. <laughs> I, I am not dressed appropriately to go into this bar. Now you got to remember we're in Oklahoma. We are in cattle country. We are in natural gas country, which are what? Work guys. No, rough nets. These guys are working with their hands. They're wearing car hearts. They got mud on their boots. I am in blue jeans with tennis shoes and a freaking Pentagonia jacket on. I'm not walking into that bar <laughs> with a bunch of rough nets. I know what that I know what happens at the end of that story. Yeah. And 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 everybody in the car is like, Yeah, that's that's probably a good idea. Let's go to the next one. So we probably up, good ass people, dudes in there too, though. Well, look, look, I've been to these kind of bars before, and and I love I love the hard work guys, the the the, I guess they could be the the blue collar guys, the the sure. real work guys. Yeah, uh, the, the green the Yeah, man. We we were out in Texas one year, um, going out there on a hunt. And we were, all we wanted was a freaking beer. We pulled up into a bar and we walk in and it's like somebody slapped somebody's mama in there. The bar stops. The record stops playing. It's Christy, right? Everybody turns around and looks at you at the bar, at the door. And you're like, okay, this is a make it or break it moment right here. What am I going to do? And you know what I did? I literally just yelled out, round for the house. Now, granted, there won't be like five guys in there drinking beers. And every guy had a Budweiser and a shot of whiskey in front of them. And it's like, all right. And these are like straight up cowboys. Yeah, these are cowboys. And and it's like, all right, round for the guys. And, And they're like, cool. We get up there and we had the greatest night ever at that bar. And it, it could have totally gone a different direction. Yeah. And we were just a couple of East Coast guys up there going on a hunt and in a, in a, in a bar with a bunch of cowboys. Yeah, huge imagination. You can figure out what could, what could have happened. <laughs> yeah. but so they they could have broke back mountain, your ass. Could have. Ain't nothing but steers and queers. I don't see no horns. <laughs> <laughs> So kidding. we end up finding a place uh, back in town by the hotel. I love Texas. Um, so fast forward, first day of the PRS uh, finale. Uh, we get there. They give the, they give all the speeches, and um, we get our uh, they so state squad one, which is the heavy hitters. Yeah, those are the top ranked guys. They use squad, you squad, and how you finish in points throughout the year, basically. Yep. So squad one, can you imagine what stage they started on? Probably one. 
No, the hardest stage of the match. The long only, range. the only long range stage of the match. Which is weird, given that you're in fucking Oklahoma too. Which Oklahoma. when you told me. That, yeah, when you when you told me the night of the night before when you got the course of fire that dude, there's only one stage that's got targets on her 650. I said, I'll be damned. You ain't reading that right, cause that's a fucking Oklahoma. It's troop line long range stage for days out there. No, so I'm I, looking I, at the course of fire right here. So, so literally, stage 17 was the tower stage, and it was from 9:26 out to up to 10:67. And um, Saturday was gorgeous. Yeah. It was literally everybody there was like, dude, this is abnormal. The winds aren't blowing that hard. Um, it was a beautiful sunny day. It was cool. It was a little bit on the cool side, but it was a gorgeous day, and uh, and the and the scores kind of reflected that. Yeah. So all the all those guys got to shoot the hard stages on the first day. Um, so we started on stage uh, two, which was a like a, a 45 degree post or, or cattle gate with pegs going down from up to high. And uh, my... My positional game is not always the best. Um, I think you do pretty damn good at it. I mean, I, I do okay, but I, I've I've never really cleaned positional stages. My cleans always come from some kind of uh, modified prone or prone stages. Is typically what I clean. Um, I bought a device from Cowpunch at the finale. Which is his was it ATR? I uh, shot the prototype. In fact, if anybody has seen the pictures of me shooting on top of some rocks, I'm in is that VP? I mean, excuse me, it's that Pig River, and I've got a green podcast T-shirt on, and the photos from behind uh, when I was shooting my foundation. That was day one of the Pig River match back in June. Um, I Kyle was in the, the squad in front, either in front or behind us that day. And he brought it over to me. He said, hey, use it on this stage. Tell me what you think about it. I was like, all right, fuck yeah, dude. I put it on. Kind of, He said, put it about right here. And I was like, all right, cool. We're about, Me and Kyle about the same size um, and like arm length and everything. So I put it on there. And I, ran, I think I dropped like one or two off that stage. I was like, dude, that's it. Like, sign me up. Like when I had, well, I was back when I had the foundation. I was like, sign me up, dude. This thing, and it was crude. He literally like made it out of a MPA rat mount or whatever. Like it was ghettoed up, but it was just his concept. And I was like, dude, make this bitch. Like, for, make this shit. Do what you got to do. Yeah, he did. And it looks phenomenal. Yep. So, so the one issue that he's got with it is foundation doesn't actually keep a very strict tolerance on the width of their Genesis stocks, Genesis two stocks. Yeah. The spec on how wide the four end yeah, is. It, it not kind of science. There is a range. Right. So on mine, it was a little bit on the tight side. So when you tighten it down, you can actually see the, the plate and the bar on the side of the gun kind of moves. It kind of starts to slant a little bit. 
so he's going to make some little bit wider spacers. Um, but but I don't care about scratches on my stock. I'm not one of those guys. Neither. I mean, it literally, if if I needed to make the sweat palm swell on the side of a stock better to fit my hand, I will take a wood rasp to that bitch and start carving it. <laughs> shaving that bitch down <laughs> like some Swiss cheese, just shaving it. I mean, it, it, yeah. it's, it, it's a tool. That's all it is. It's a tool. Yeah, it ain't a pretty thing. I'm going to make it fit me, and I'm going to shoot it. So we started on that stage, and uh, and I got an eight on that stage right off the get-go. Um, it was 360, 400 yards. And, uh, and I'm like, dude, this this is awesome. First stage of the day, I dropped two, and there was a lot of, lot of guys that shot a lot worse than that. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, stage three was the poles. It was just a typical telephone poles at different heights in the ground. Um, I got an eight on that that stage. And then uh, there was a car stage and then a tire stage. So uh, stage four, let's see here, stage four. Um, there's a lot of guys that cleaned this stage. It was 500 yards. Um, you're shooting at targets on a truck. And you, I mean, it was pretty, pretty self-sanitary. I cleaned that stage and we got to the tire stage. It was another five, like every stage for the first 10 stages were right at just under six, right at 600 yards or under. Yeah. So for me, shooting my dasher with a 95 green SMGs, dude, it was... That's it money. Was, uh, that's my game. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going fast enough that I'm cutting wind, and uh, I literally, I got on that tire stage, and I'm, I watched several guys shoot it, and it was like, nobody's cleaned this yet. Because the, wind, the wind's starting to get a little gusty. At this point in the morning. Yeah. And I get up there and I fire my first shot. I'm like, it's, and we're shooting a big target, small target. The big target's like 10 inches. Small target's like 5 inches. And uh, I get my first shot on the big target. I see it. I correct for the small target and crush it. And I'm like, all right, I got this. Literally get down to the last shot and drop it. No, oh, no. And and that's just that's kind of typical. Um, but I'm kind of going through here to see uh, any any major. So they had a mover stage that was kind of interesting. Um. So you had to shoot. So a typical mover stage, you shoot most of your shots at the mover. So this was a twelve shot stage. Um, you had to shoot three stationary targets and then shoot your mover three times, two shots each. And it was 410, 506, 605, and the mover was at 430, and it was moving at about three miles an hour. 
That's kind of like Jacob Bynum's uh, chaos stage. He, uh, we practiced that at the class that I took in Tennessee with Frank. Um, so yeah, it was something similar to that. It was it was like four targets. Then the, you start with the mover. Then it was three targets. The mover. Then a long. Then a longer range. It was like six seventy five or something like that. Yep. So um, we you start out shoot the four ten twice. Good to mover. Shoot the next target. Good to mover. Shoot the next target. Good to mover. And uh, that was a fun stage. What sucked is I missed the first target at four hundred ten yards twice. What? Like, how does that? What are you happen? doing? I, 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 honestly, I, I don't know. Um, I screwed that one up. And uh, then we had a uh, a walking. This was probably my favorite stage of the match. Um, it was called a walking PYL. So you started out, you were you were shooting prone. And the target started at 450, 518, 568, 610, 646. You started out with maybe like an eight inch target at the first one. And it went down to, I don't know if it was like two inches or three inches, but that target at 646. You got to stop that right there. Yeah, I took my medicine. I'm drinking beer. I'm tired. You're, you're killing me. It's late. Um, so the, so you start out shooting a small target. It is two shots to move on. You got to hit the target two shots to move on. And the guy's like, yeah, most guys are having problems at that third target. That was the six-something uh, target? Yeah, that was at 568. Oh, 568. It, it went from like eight inches, and I don't know what the target sizes really were, but it was a little like, like an aspirin. <laughs> dude, it, it went from like eight, six, five, four, and three is what I would say. It is what that's what I would say they were. Right. Um, I I hit the first one. I got the wind call correct. I hit the first one. I saw it hit slightly right, so I stayed left. And as I went out, I knew the target was going to get smaller, so I, I just stayed more left. Yeah, yeah. Add um, add a tenth each yeah. uh, each target. Not quite a tenth, but like a half a tenth. You just if you if you can hold that. As as you yeah, I mean as you got out, you you kept getting that dot where you could see a little light between the dot yeah, and just, the side of the target. Right. And uh. I got to the 610 target, and my first shot, I hit it. I'm like, awesome. I was so damn excited on it. I fired the second shot, you know, what? and I don't know what the hell I was thinking. I went to the center of the target, and I fired the shot. Yeah, well, you blew way off the right. That bitch sailed right off the right edge. I'm like, shit. I went back. Two tenths on the edge, fired the shot, center punched it. Well, I only had one shot left. Yeah. Went to the far target. I was like, eh, we're gonna go like between two and three, two and four on the on the left edge, and and just crush that little target down there. And nice, dude. I it was like 
I, I felt that was the best stage of the whole. That's that's a that's when you when you do well on a stage like that. That's one of those stages that can that can make or break your spirit. It could pump you up if you do well like you did. You you walk away feeling awesome on it. You know. Absolutely, and I mean, and that's. And that's one of the things I kind of, I, I didn't say at the beginning here. Um, we were talking about East Coast. We shoot 90-second part-times. Dude, we had two minutes at this at this match. Two-minute part-times. Well, look, I, I will say this. I, I, I will say this, and as a, a disclaimer, when you're talking about a difference between shooting a match here in, in East North Carolina and in Oklahoma, you're talking about specifically most times generally a general rule is you're talking about in the East coast, you're going to have heavy positional, low wind, maybe not as long yardage in Oklahoma. Typically you're going to be talking about, uh, more belly stuff, longer range, obviously more wind, Smaller targets, so that's when I say that the more the more time on those stages is warranted. But when you're talking about the finale, apparently this was a very heavily positional stage, and uh, or a, a heavily positional match to where well that lines up more so with how uh, the the East Coast matches are, you know, and so. I figure if if it's going to be a longer a longer stage and and more wind, I, I like the two minute because I think even we should go two minute because I think it going to this ninety second stuff um, it prevents you to be able to put a wind call on the target uh, each shot. Right, the whole idea of looking at a target, or looking at your surroundings, and saying, um, like, okay, I see the wind doing this, and I'm, I'm gonna apply my wind call I had going into this is is trashed. I'm going with this. Boom, impact. No, it's does my initial wind call hold up? If it doesn't, correct from there just by measuring off your reticle. Well, that to me takes away from marksmanship. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I like the two-minute part-times. I'm not hating on that, but you also figure since us East Coast guys are so used to shooting the 90-second part-time stuff because of our geographic location of the way the matches are typically here, where we can't make wind here, that in the finale in Oklahoma, that would be more so of a um, longer-range troop line, more wind that requires more time. So that would make more sense, you know? Yep. So I'm, I'm looking for something here specific because I don't, I don't know what her name was and I'm, I'm trying to find, give me, give me a moment, moment here. Um, so I was in squad 16. So she was in. Oh, damn it. Quad 17 had a bunch of Lady Juniors. Um, Your camera went out. I can't see anymore. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm on Facebook trying to look at the... Uh, oh, okay. 
Well, look, before I forget about it, who did we say in our podcast the night, well, Thursday night before finale, did we both say we hope fucking crushed it and won the damn finale? Who did we say? Allison Zane. Allison Zane. And then when, I, when you sent me scores on day one and Allison oh, was dude. second, I was like, yes! <laughs> she puts it out. So, so I, I feel like, and, and, I, and I get it, it, it's luck of the draw when they do a random, I don't think, honestly, I don't think it was anything random about where the, where the first team started at. On day yeah. one, on the long range stage, I, that that wasn't it, random. Maybe not. Yeah. And maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Um. She got the short end of the stick. She was two squads ahead of us, and day two of this of the finale sucked. So we woke up to an inch of snow on the ground, cold as shit. And literally raining ice. Yeah, it was. I, I looked at the weather, man. It was colder than a well digger's ass. That's for sure. So we get to the we get to the range and it, everything's wet. It, it's sopping wet. We uh, we get to our stages and they do like an hour. We we start shooting. All of a sudden it. The, the snow sets in and you can't see the targets so he's like everybody pause we're gonna we're gonna wait an hour and make a decision if we're gonna even continue yeah i mean because look it, it's okay i will say this too before we go any further what do you i mean all right <laughs> what do you i'm gonna say it what do you fucking expect when you decide to hold a finale for the entire season in December in Oklahoma, what do you expect is going to happen? Well, granted, snow is not common in Oklahoma in December. Bro, it's the Midwest. Even 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 forget the snow, but I mean, yeah, you got to think about snow, but just like you said, the freezing rain and and just the absolute frigid temperatures. I mean, granted, yes, you should be able to shoot in frigid temperatures and everything, but fuck, man, when you want to, when the idea of the finale is to determine who the best shooter is, don't you want everybody to be able to be at their best in that? Maybe is that a wrong line of thinking? I mean, maybe I'm wrong in that, but but I feel like. It's uh, fucking damn. Also, Santa Florida would have been awesome for the finale. Yeah. Well, you know, or you want Southern Arizona. You want everybody to be shooting the best, have the best, and an equal opportunity to get scores. Well, let me tell you, day one. By the time we got to the last three stages of day one. Everybody's standing around is like, I'm getting this for win. I'm getting this for win. And I'm, look, I'm just an old country boy from Eastern North Carolina. We ain't got a lot of windmills around here. But when I look in the background and I see these windmills and they're not spinning, 
that tells me there ain't no fucking wind blowing. Yeah, I mean that that would lend you lend you to think that, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, yeah. uh, I mean the last three stages we shot, I shot pretty much straight up. I I won't play in wind calls. The last three stages on day one, day two, different story. I saw winds from ten miles an hour. And, and as high as 28 miles an hour. It was fucking crazy. Um, well, the but, wind isn't even that big of a deal. It, Like you said, it's the, precipitate, the chance of precipitation and, I mean, frigid fucking temperatures. Dog, it's Oklahoma, dog. It gets cold as shit in Oklahoma. So I really want to get this, this, this girl's name. Um, she is from Virginia. Um, and you tell me if any of these, if any of these names sounds familiar. She shoots at Frontline a lot too. So there was four girl, four girl or lady juniors in this squad. Laurel Aikenhead, Ashton Glasscock. Ashton rings a bell. Devian or Devin, uh, Tarrant. And Emil, Emil Hill. Yeah, uh, Emil, Emil's a, um, she's a, uh, if that's how you say her name, she is a uh, podcast listener, I believe. She at least, she follows my Instagram, the podcast Instagram page. I just saw it. She liked my post today on the uh, 8208 stuff. So, um, but her and the Ashton uh, girl, I I recognize the name. I'm going to see if that's her here. We're going to do a little bit of a Facebook stalk here and see if that was. That's not creepy. She's a minor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dude. <laughs> hey, it's 2020, dude. Everybody's getting away with that kind of shit. It's yeah. fucked up this year. To me, I mean, we're going to get ahead of ourselves me making this statement, but 2020 finale goes right on par with the rest of the fucking 2020 year for everybody. Pretty much. I mean, I mean it, it was, and, and I'm getting to a point here. That there's going to be a reason why I want to get this right. Um, because I, I'm one that where credit is due credit is due. Right. You like giving it where it's due for sure. So let me see here. I don't know. Allison, if you're listening to this, honey, me and Jeff, all of us were pulling for you to win, especially after day one. I was like, oh, my God, please hold it together and pull it out. Please, please pull it out because I wanted her to win so bad. Yeah, I did, too. Like, I wanted you to win. I wanted you to win, but I think I really wanted Allison to win. <laughs> look, I, dude, I, I didn't care if I – look, I knew I won't go win. Right. But, but I knew she had a very, very good chance at winning. Yeah. Um, and it, it would have been freaking awesome. Yes, it would. To have seen her go up there and whoop up on all those guys. The best, the best. When you say, and this, what I'm about to say goes with kind of touching back, we're talking about as far as being able to shoot the course of fire before the damn match. But we have the best, the best shooters in the country were there at that match. Now, with that said, no offense to any of my Australian listeners, because I know I've got a bunch of you guys or my South African uh, 
um, shooters that are listening. No offense to you guys, but you guys, as far as the sport goes, y'all just kind of getting your your feet wet in this game. But when you talk about this game, the best shooters in the country are of this country are the best shooters in the world. Period. And I feel very safe in in saying in saying so. So I mean. It's just the way it is. We're, we just got we're, we're lucky enough to have the rights that we have to be able to freely buy what we need to buy and shoot as much as we want. Well, for right now, shit. But uh, um, in this, we just our, our gun culture to grow up in this sport or in in any of the shooting sports. And I just there's I, I have a hard time believing that there's any country that ha- that has better shooters than what we have here. Period. As far as this game goes, May Olympic stuff that's a little bit different. I mean, it's 22 shit, but uh, you know, as far as this game goes, don't nobody do it better than us. And and that's not a knock on any other country. We've just been doing it longer. And uh, that's so you have the best shooters in the world here at this match in this game, uh, and they get to shoot the course of fire the day before the match starts. I mean, that's... All right. It just don't make sense. I found sense. it. I found okay. it. Um, I'm, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this name. To, uh, Laurel Aikenhead. Okay. From Virginia. She shoots at Paul. She shoots at Pig River. Her dad shoot, brings her to a lot of matches. And, um, dude... So we get to up to the rock stage, and we've already discussed that it's raining, snowing. Well, this is literally like standing water, two inches of mud, shooting off these rocks. Shoot off any five rocks you want in the. As long as you move from rock to rock, you shoot on any five rocks at two targets, and every. Everybody's out there looking at how to shoot these rocks and how to stay out of the water. Like, they don't want to get wet. Don't want to get mm. muddy. Well, not just that, but you don't want to get wet and muddy and then freeze your ass off because yeah. it is so cold outside. So what does this girl do? She lays down in the fucking mud. Like a cold-blooded look, gangster. Look, look, lays down in it because she's going to get her wind call. She's going to get those two hits. Because it was a guaranteed, I mean, it was literally a flat rock on the ground, bipod on it or or bag on it and shoot it. You, it, it's a given. Day one, all day long. That's where I'm gonna start at. Day two sucks because you're laying in mud and water, and and we're up there looking at the rocks, and I'm up there with my boot trying to dig a trench. Down the side of the rocks. The moves of water. <laughs> the water drain while we're, because I'm like, I'm, I'm seventh shooter in the in the group, and I'm like, all right, if I can dig enough trench here, I can get some of this water to leave before I get up here and shoot. Right, everybody else is getting it. <laughs> yeah. And she comes off, and she's in the squad behind us, and we get up there, we're waiting. We got a bunch of divas in front of us that didn't want to shoot when the snow was falling on the tower stage which backed us up two squads. Mm. And um, so we got literally two squads that are standing here waiting to shoot the stage while these divas are up here on, on the stage shooting. 
and uh, and I I was sitting there watching. I'm like, hey, Allison's up here shooting um, on this stage and right in front of me, and uh, she comes off and she she got a five on the long range stage. I'm like, dude, this sucks. <laughs> if, she, if she got a five, I, I pray that I just get a hit. Yeah, you're I'm, afraid you don't I'm get a goose egg. I mean, I'm thinking I'm just I'm gonna zero out on this stage because the wind's blowing like hell, the snow's falling, targets are hard to see, and I literally watch seven people in front of me get zeros. Huh. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. Yeah, that's that's tough. That's that's tough mental warfare going into a stage when you see. I've been there, and I've been I've been a part of that those seven, and I've been a, been in your shoes where I'm like, well, fuck, what am I gonna do that they didn't figure out? Like I've I've been in both of those spots, so. So I, I got up there on that stage, and um, I got a good win call. I literally got up on the deck, held my Kestrel up, figured out a win. I was like, all right, this is. This is my guess, best guess. I doubted on the gun, and uh, I had one shooter in front of me, and I got on the I got on my my gun and was watching him while he shot, and he's shooting a BRA, which is a little slower than I am, and I'm literally watching every single shot he makes. I'm watching the trace go out, and I'm watching the impact, and every shot. Is off the right, and I'm like, oh my god, it's killing me not to give the guy a, a win call. Yeah, it's like, and I literally say it after his third target. I'm like, dude, I, I, I wish I could give you a win call right now, and it's like, ah, it just it felt so wrong not giving a win call. Yeah, when and and I don't know if he could see what he was seeing. I don't know if he was seeing what I was seeing, but. Obviously, he wasn't seeing what I was seeing because he would have made a correction. But, yeah. I mean, it, it just it was it was rough watching somebody shoot and miss consistently in the same spot. Um, it sucked. So I got up there. It was my turn to shoot. Fired the first shot, and I was like, "Damn, I'm I'm off to left," which is fine with me because that means I've I can give up some. Yeah. I, I fired the first shot. I missed off the left, fired the second shot, and I get a hit. And I go to the next target. I, I fire two shots, and they're, I think they're left, so I'm going more right, but I'm still missing. And um, I go to the next target. I get a hit, and I miss again. And it ended up being what I was thinking was left was actually high because the way that the way that you moved on that course of fire, the wind was more behind you and not so much cross of you. Right. And the tailwind was actually pushing the bullet up. And, and the next target I go to, um, I saw it. I saw the miss, and I corrected, and I, I was like, all right, I'm going to aim it at the bottom of the plate. 
fired a shot and crushed it. I saw the impact dead center of the plate, and I'm like, all right, I got you. And uh, when I went to the long target, it was like there, there was no burn behind it, um, nothing. I, I didn't see where those two went. So I walked off of that stage with a three, and I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. I got, um, I, I got almost as much as uh, oh, Alpha did. Oh, fuck, man. I just drank some Gatorade that's been for a while, and there's fucking mold in the bottom of it. Yeah, I see that. Take, you see it? Can you see it? I, I can see that. Dude, I didn't look. I didn't know Gatorade could fucking mold. I don't know how long it's been up here, but I'm thirsty. I'm out of beer and everything. And I just, it tasted funny, and I looked at it. I saw shit floating, and I was like, <laughs> God damn it. So I'm, I just took, I just got my dose of penicillin. Yeah, shit. Yeah. It's probably been like Strapacacus. Yeah, something like that. Fuck. It's definitely. Ugh, great. That's fucking awesome. Do you, do you need to go get a beer? No, I'm good. I'm good. I just needed to wet my whistle a little bit. I got you. But, I mean, it was. Day two sucked. The scores reflected it for us. Um, they just had to shoot the long target, the longer range targets that day. Yeah. Um,. I mean, I guess that's I guess that's what one thing that does suck when you have a course of fire that is it's not not everybody shoots the same course of fire because there's there's an advantage in one day, which there's no there's really luck of the draw about what the conditions are one day. But like you know, we've all seen it to where like in the morning wind was laid down and then, you know, whoever shoots in long range stage, you got clean targets, you got no wind. You know, the sun's not directly all the way up or something like that. You know, that and then and the people who shoot it at the end of the day, it's not different. There's an advantage in one day, but there's definitely an advantage if you've got stages that people haven't shot uh, in the same day. You know what I'm saying? So, like like you said, if you shot a long-range stage day one, man, you got a good leg up. Whereas oh, you got absolutely. day you got a dirty dick. So, I mean, there was literally the last state or it was the second to the last stage that we shot and all of us in the squad got to shoot this stage pretty much clear view no snow falling and literally the last guy gets up to shoot and the freaking bottom falls out oh lord i'm talking about enough snow that at 400 and something yards, you can't see a 10-inch diamond. And at 500 yards, you can't see the 20-inch diamond. Mm-hmm. You can't see it. And it's like, that sucks. I mean, it, it just... Yeah, what do you do? The only thing you can do is you, you hope you can get a couple... I mean, you got two minutes. Hopefully you can get your shots off and get a few hits. And I mean, it sucked. We walked off of that stage and walked down to the last stage of the day, which we ended on the PRS barricade. And this is no normal PS barricade. We're used to shooting a two by four PRS barricade. This is a four inch square tube metal welded in concrete barricade. Nice. Look, you could run this over with a Toyota, and the Toyota is going to stop. Yep. And we get down there. We're 
we're I, I waited for the guy to shoot the stage and walk down with him and uh we got down there and there are a couple guys that already shot before we got there and the snow was falling so damn hard and i posted a video of it on my facebook page 400 yards you couldn't see the target you literally can't see the target winds mm. coming straight out of, out of from left to right and it's blowing a solid 25 miles an hour you can't see the target there's two targets down there and uh we waited we waited and waited and waited and, and finally one of the guys was like let me can i get up here and see if i can see the target and the R was like yeah i don't care so he gets up there with his bag looks at this gets on the stage and uh he he's like i can see the right target can i fire shot and see if it See if what I'm seeing is right. And nobody has any objections. And Lars like, I don't care. So he fires a shot. And while technically he's getting a wing call correction at that point, um, he, he makes the impact. And he's like, yeah, I can see this target good enough. I'm going to shoot it. And he takes his time, gets his hits, and cleans it. And and the, the three or four of us that are sitting there waiting, we're all like, fine, we're going to shoot it too. And uh, it was probably one of, one of the best barricades that I've actually shot in a while. Yeah, it, was, it sounded like it was pretty fucking nice. Um, I, shot, I shot it in like 60 seconds. I cleaned it. But dude... I, I've never felt like I've earned a barricade stage so much in my life. <laughs> I, at 400 yards, I was holding 1.4 mils of wind. Hmm. At 400 yards. I don't think I've ever held off a plate on a PRS skill stage. I know I've never held off. I, I don't think I've ever. I can't remember ever holding off the damn plate. And the RO, the guy on glass, when I came off the stage, he was like, dude, that last shot literally caught the right edge of the plate. Yeah, you cut the bullet in half. And, and the guy's like, I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. And it's like, dude, I'm, I'm ho- maybe I needed a whole 1.6 mils of wind. Yeah. I mean, it, I, it was crazy. And really, that was the only reason I chose to go shoot that match. Because we on the East Coast don't get the opportunity to shoot wind. And I really felt like going out there and getting the opportunity to shoot wind and dial wind on the gun, which is really weird. Take that scope cap, they take that cap off and actually dial wind on the gun. Felt so wrong in so many ways. Um, But I felt like I came home with a skill set that the guys that are here that have never shot in wind don't have. Yeah, I've never, I've never shot wind anywhere near I like mean, that. It, it, it was, it was, it was an awesome, it was an awesome thing, and uh, had a great time. Now, the one thing I will say, and and I'm just, I'm sorry, Justin, but. 
PRS finale. Granted, it was two-minute part-times. There were no shot timers. Yeah. That... I mean, I, I mean, two minutes, I get it, it's two minutes. But when you come from shooting shot timers, and that's things, I guess, that needs to be, everybody runs matches different. Yeah, but that could that could probably used to be standardized. Absolutely. If Mandated. You run a, if you want to run a match, man, you need to run a shot timers. They're not that expensive. No, not not in the grand scheme of the what it takes to run a match. It's they it's run not. iPads at the match, but they ain't got shot timers. Right. Yeah. You could buy like six shot timers for what one iPad costs. Yeah, I mean you got iPads four, four or five. So all the scores are coming in at the same time every time a squad leaves, but you don't have. Literally, the ROs were ruining their cell phones. Um, which cost it cost a few guys some points because they were like, "I beat the clock on that," and I was like, "Yeah, there is no clock." timer went off you don't you don't tie the stopwatch i mean there There had to be there had to be on the prs barricade that was the only stage yeah well that's a tiebreaker from time so there's no way they can not the only one that had a timer but it just i mean that was the that and and the gaming on on friday were really the only two things that i saw that just kind of took away from it being the finale. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I agree. I mean, look, Justin is Justin and Tate both. I mean, they're hell. I mean, I hope to be half the shooters. They are. I mean, both absolutely. of them, they're phenomenal shooters and really nice guys. Um, no, he was, he, he was hating. He wasn't shooting. Yeah. Justin would love to shot, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So, um, I, yeah, it's just, but there's, I don't know. Maybe if things are just different, Oklahoma. I don't know. But that's just, to me, that, that needs to be. And, and I'm, I bet the course of fire was a cool course of fire too. I mean, really, you know, tested shooters. Heavy, lots of targets. Yeah. I mean, every stage you shot, there was pretty much every stage had two targets, except the Pierce Barricade. Yeah. There was never a stage with just one target. It was two right. targets. Um, and as many as 10 targets on a stage. Yeah. So, so that, it, that, that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's what you can expect going to a, a match that Justin Watts will run is, is a, a good and a tough course of fire. But I mean, I'd love yes. to shoot at that, at that, at that facility. I'd shoot there. If I ever got the opportunity to shoot there again, I would. Yeah. Cause I, I bet it's awesome, but gorgeous you know. range. Yeah, and it looks. I've seen it on you know videos and stuff when it was obviously good weather and everything. It looks really cool. Yep. It, it, looks. it looks really sweet. Um, but yeah, you gotta have shot timers, man. And and to me, the 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 most egregious offense is on Friday. To me, I I, just, I don't understand how. I mean, I know it was supposed to be like a train up day. Well, that that's when you set something to the side that's not a part of the match. 
that maybe you got a barricade or maybe it is a prune or whatever, or there is no train up. It's just, hey, here's some targets out of distance. You want to verify your dope, that type thing, or maybe just the long range stage. Or at least have some ROs out there. Yeah, making sure people ain't going fuck fuck games. That are making sure guys aren't going to the stages that you're not supposed to shoot. Yeah, I've off of that of a uh, out of a one day, out of a two day, out of the Guardian. The Guardian didn't even do that. Um, I, I can't. It's just it's hard. It's hard pressed to justify that for the PRS finale, where you have literally the collection, the invited best shooters in the country to come shoot, test their skill against each other, against themselves, against the elements even, and then hey, here's the the whole course fire tomorrow, just have at it. How many times have we had match? I mean, how many times we've had stages to where, well, an example was one that we just had the other weekend with me on the spools with the bipod thing. Yeah. How much do you think I would have loved to known that my bipod was going to be too high to see underneath that spool? Because that A, I, it took me time on that eight up time, and I got, I think I got the two hits there once I dropped my bipod. But that ate up enough time to where I couldn't get my last two shots off, which were you timed out. I timed out, and I don't, I really ever time out. And that, I mean, that I would love to have had that. So had we been able to do that the day before the match, then I'd have known. All right, I need to make sure drop. I wrote my notes here, which I wouldn't have done, but. Wrote in my notes here that I need my, you know, you know, it's one thing if you shoot the same venue and it's a similar stage and you remember that from the last time. Well, you're not supposed to wipe your memory clean, but I didn't get an opportunity the 24 hours before to run the entire the stage or the entire course of fire uh, before a national level match or any match. So I, I, I just, there's no, in my opinion, no justification in that. I can't, I, mean, I can't. And I literally watch guys shoot every single stage at that match. Yes. I, I, and I bet. Every stage. And you're going to have some people that are listening this way. Well, if you're not, you're stupid. If you don't, you're stupid for not doing it. If they let you do it. Uh, okay. Well, if maybe if you're trying to maximize points of any cost necessary, then maybe you're right. But when it comes... My integrity is bigger than that. I'm sorry. I... I it's kind of like it's kind of like one of those things that we're gonna give you the answers to the test. Yeah, but you really you really want to do well on the test because of your knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and just it's one of those things that I mean, I I just I could, with, could it have gotten me a few points because that look there was not a super big points margin. Especially after day after day one, it was yeah. literally ten points separated where I was, and I don't even—I think I was at 112th. Yeah, you one. finished day one at 112th, which I was proud because there was a lot of good shooters underneath yeah. you. Now, mind you, like like we said, not everybody shot the same. The the yeah. scores on day one were kind of deceiving. Um, they told a little bit of a picture, but you can't really base day two prediction off of day one scores because like you said not everybody shot the same stages in that day That's right. so i mean whereas, and, and, whereas if you shot a state a quartz of fire where you shoot 10 stages 
everybody shoots the same 10 stages. Yeah. And then day two, everybody shoots the same thing. A little bit different, but I mean, yeah. I, there was only 10 points separating me from 20th spot. 112th to 20th was 10 points. Wow, that's crazy. Well, after day two, that turned into like 50 points. Yeah. Or, or I think it was actually 30 points from 120th to, to that same point. I, I think it was uh, it was 50 points from me to first. Right. And, I mean, the guy that won it, I mean, he put on a fucking show. Look, Austin Orgain, and I, I, I'll tell you, I had – I had a couple in the, going to the AG Cup, not to toot my horn. I had, I had three names. I had three names in my head of who were the ones to beat, and Austin was one of them. And then uh, the same thing going to the finale. I was like, man, Austin's coming off of that AG Cup win. He's in Oklahoma. That's his bread and butter. Uh, he's he's gonna be tough. He's gonna be tough to beat. And I was actually surprised not to see him in first day one and then hold that lead. I was well, I was actually surprised. Yeah. Um well, he you you mark my words. Two thousand twenty one. Better get ready. Allison Zane coming for that first. <laughs> she, she took she took amateur, top amateur, top junior, top lady. Top female, yeah, top lady. And and not only did she take it, she fucking stole it. I yeah, mean, she took it with there, <laughs> there won't no chance. And else. now, and you gotta think about it. the big name she beat was Regina. Okay, Regi- if for people who have never met Regina or shot with Regina, Regina is straight cold blooded. Like, yeah. Regina is a fucking killer. She is she Regina is so good. There is no disadvantage of Regina being a woman. Like nope. no she, circumstances. Her and her husband own a range. She um, is so is Arizona. Yeah, in Arizona, yep. Uh, and they hold um, they have really cool one days too, because they're one day what you want a one day to be, that like super cheap entry fee. People have fun, it's People, that's where people go to learn and go to work on things, and it's not a big investment. It's not very competitive. Hey, you won? Hey, here, here's a six pack. Yeah. Congratulations. You know that that's kind of what we're going to be doing at at Pactolis when we're running matches. Absolutely. Here, uh, but uh, she is. I mean, she works with Jacob Bynum a lot. In fact, when I when I did that live video with Jacob um, a few weeks ago on Facebook, uh, we did a live chat or whatever. Um, Regina was there that day. Like he said, yeah, I actually I talked to him earlier that day and he said, yeah, I'm with Regina now. She's she's here. She will work on some stuff. Regina works her ass off. She is a phenomenal shooter. And yep. Allison is the first female to really give her a run for her money. And she did it. Allison and coming out of literally nowhere. nowhere. Yep. Look, nobody has earned shit this year. As far as, as uh, with all the great shooters there are in the country, and as much as they have won everything, nobody has earned my respect more so than Allison Zane has. Well, I, I mean, mean, she puts in the time. She puts in the time. She, she's shooting 
I mean, I mean, what grown man do you know that shoots a 17-pound rifle, a one fifteen detect, running thirty eighty? Yeah, and they're hot riding too. And so you and look, Dude, I don't shoot that. I don't. I mean, I mean, I shoot a six Creedmoor every now and then, but it's one oh eight factory hand. I mean, factory Hornady. Weighs twenty four pounds. Yeah. And I'm shooting ninety five grain bullets. They knock the recoil down a little bit extra. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm shooting a 17-pound gun, shooting, literally maxing out the 115 D-Tacs to what they can do, and and rolling with it. Dude, and, I mean, if you watch her shoot, too, like, if you watch that rifle recoil into her, you wouldn't know that, that it is yeah. what it is. And that's that's what you want, right? Because that means you're mitigating your recoil. She's a hundred fucking fifteen pounds soaking wet. And I bet I bet she don't weigh a hundred pounds. Probably not. Uh, she weighs a hundred. She weighs at least a hundred. But she she you would not you would not think if you if you didn't know what she was shooting, you you asked like, oh yeah, that looks like a, like she's shooting a BR. Yeah. I mean that she's probably gonna be shooting a, a Dasher or a BRA or something like that. Cause yeah, that, no, that scream more. Not a six, not that, not that six, not that six Creedmoor shooting any bullet is a heavy recoil rifle, but like you said, seventeen pounds with a one fifteen bullet going as fast as that is, comparatively to what we are shooting, it is a heavy recoil rifle. It ain't a six, threat, but I, I think it's seventeen pounds with the game changer on it. No, I I, I don't know. That's either way, either way. He shoots. I mean, she shoots the, uh, I'm not sure which plate it is. It's the, I think it's the Area 419 plate with the, the bag attachment. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she shoots the big-ass bag yeah. that I, I'm a super big fan of. Uh, yeah. You, I, love, I love my big-ass bag. Yeah. But she shoots it, it way better is, than I do. <laughs> well, well, it's one of those things that because she kind of has to. She's a small yeah. person, and she has adapted that. As I mean, that's a part of her rifle. Absolutely. Really. I mean, she uses it so much because she literally has to, either to shoot with, like under here, or to stand on. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I mean, she's got to stand on the shit to 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 be able to shoot some of the stages, you know. So. I mean, I I expect great things to come out of her next year. She's gonna I, hurt some feelings. And I, I hope she just sticks with it too. Like I, I hope, and I, I know next year she's coming and she's bringing hell with her. I know it. But oh yeah. I mean, but as far as like the long run, I hope because you know she's 15, dude. She's in prime girly time. You know where I don't know if she fucking cheerleads or plays softball or volleyball. Or she said. She said, the, she said it at the finale. This is her passion. Good, good. Uh, but this, you know, this is her passion. Hey, boys, school, uh, college in the next few years. I hope she still. I hope it still keeps a, a somewhat of a priority for her, and and she keeps that passion because if she does, she is only going to get better. It's her first fucking year doing it, dude, and she's going and fucking dudes up wholesale. So it, it's it's amazing to me, but. Okay, so after the finale, we got to get into the, the nitty-gritty here before we go. After the finale, three days, mind you, after the finale, 
there's some questions about Matt Alwine's rifle. Who oh, Matt Alwine? He won production. He won it. Now, mind you, he won it for the season shooting a, a, a savage. And he yep. ran that savage to get Odom fucking money, right? And I think he had the MPA rifle too, but it was off and on with those things. Dude, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Yes, it's in an MDT chassis, but the savage is still a fucking savage. The damn thing don't extract with a fuck, and half the time it don't eject with a fuck either. What, hey, once you got a, cha- a round in the chamber and you pull the trigger, it's, it's the same as anything else. But getting that thing out, especially if you're running it hard and fast, it's a fucking savage, okay? And he fucked dudes up with that all year long. He get, you know, I don't know his I don't know his his relationship with or whatever with I I honestly never even heard of Sage Precision at the time. But when I saw the picture before the big the big hubbub, I saw his picture that he posted because yeah, we follow each other on Instagram and stuff like that. I saw a picture of him holding the, the production trophy and the rifle and I was like, Well, I thought he was shooting a savage. What is that? And I looked at it and I was like, That's an XOR chassis and what action is that? I was like, I don't I don't know what action that is. I yeah. said, occurred us. I don't know what production rifle that would be. And so I, I see something like a, a, a shout out to like Sage Precision about it. And I was like, who the fuck is Sage Precision? So I went and Googled it. And then he said it was the MB1 rifle. I had to go back and look what the name of the rifle was. I Googled it. I couldn't find the shit there on the internet. It was nowhere to be had. Okay. I was curious. So I was like, well, fuck. I might buy one. <laughs> I don't know. You know, just looking at it. And, uh, and then the hubbub come out that the PRS stripped him they had a meeting a board meeting and they stripped him of the title they put all of his points not only the win for the match the for for production because he placed third overall with that rifle which he's won he's won and placed top five in two day overall with a savage before um and uh but he uh they stripped him of that and then they account they, they basically moved all of his points over to open class for the whole year okay and which because him, which put him in what third for the year? I don't. I don't. I, I, know he, I don't even know. I don't even know. I think he put him in third and open, but maybe. But either way, so the reason why is because Sage Precision did not have a formal website for their company, and it was not listed for sale on a formal website. And it was literally one of one. It was the the number one sale number of that quote unquote production rifle. Yep. But how many companies are producing these quote unquote production rifles? The John Hancock. It was under. It hit the two thousand mark when it was two thousand, not twenty five hundred. I mean, that's what I'm shooting now. I'm not shooting in the same chassis or barrel, but the same action, which is a nucleus. Um, but it uh, it the, the way it came, it was it hit under the two thousand dollar mark. But at the bottom line, it's a custom rifle. It shoots, I mean, that BR barrel, look, you've seen me shoot that BR before. That BR is the, the, is the barrel that came on that rifle. Fucking this, one whole, tiny little groups. Um, I've shot some of my best matches with that. Um, only reason I'm not shooting now is because it is a medium palm and I want to be a little bit heavier. But uh, anyway, so then they give it to Doug Koenig. Now, Doug is a professional shooter like what he's one of pro- probably the only professional shooter in the sport really won the uh bianchi cup two three times yeah he is he, a he's a pistol shooter shoot yeah well he's a professional shooter Absolutely. right jerry micklick is 
a professional. That's a living shooting. By shooting. He's the only one in our sport that does that. Okay? Yep. He shoots for Ruger. He has one of, what, 13 of those rifles on the street. No, 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 no. There's 13 of them. There's 12 others in somebody's hands on the street, but they're not in any, they're not shooting them in matches. So they're basically, what it is, he's a beta tester. That's what he is. It's a, it's a beta uh, tester rifle. There's 13 people that have that rifle, but you can't buy it right now. Your dealer, your gun dealer can order it or basically put a pre-order in for it. But it is not available right now for anybody to buy. So how is that a production rifle? It, to me, if you ask me, if you're going to strip it from Matt, now mind you, like I said, Matt fuck dudes up all year long with a fucking savage. Now, yep. does that rifle fit the description in the rules for production? Yeah. Apparently, it, no, it doesn't. Because it's not available on a company's website to purchase. It doesn't. Well, it, the, the only thing it doesn't meet is the it, is that that's the only thing because it came in dollars. That's it. If you want to use that rule, then it doesn't fit. If it, that's it's not on the website now. Yes, it is now. Uh, but that was after. It wasn't. Yeah, it, it, was, it was after fact. Yeah. Um. So. But uh, how does that differ from a rifle that is on a website? That you still can't. But but it's not available. Right. So that's my point. If you strip it from Matt. You don't give it to Doug. You give it to Scott Satterley, who's sitting in third, because he did shoot that piece of shit savage all year. All year. He shot it. Now, now I don't even care that he shot it all year. It's just that, or, or that he shot the same one all year, but he shot a rifle that does fit that description all year long and at the finale. So, in my opinion... Matt, if you're going to go by the rule, the, the, if you're going to stand by that rule or whatever, or bylaw, however you want to call it, you strip it from Matt, and you bypass Doug, and you put Doug's production points for that match, because he shot it in that match only, because he shot a regular R RPR all year long. Um, you put those points into the open, and then, because he, you know, whatever, and then he, uh, you give it to Scott. That's who wins the. And, and then for 2021, you do away with production class. I I I really feel as though you did because the intentions what? of production was not made a rule. It's almost like at the, what me you talked about. The same thing with with production class is when you go to a stage and. It says, we want you to shoot off of this post. Okay, what does that mean to you? It means put your rifle on the fucking post, right? Yep. Well, if someone goes up there and has their gun on a tripod, and then the rifle is touching the post, technically, is it shooting off a post? It's on it. You didn't say I didn't. I couldn't use a tripod here. On the, I, literally, the gun is sitting on it, not as a rear support. I'm talking about the fucking tripod. The gun is mounted to the tripod. It just has, so happens to be touching the top of the post, too, right? Well, that that is what's happening with production as far as it was intended for new shooters to be able to be in a class to where they don't spend the money and getting into the sport that me and you do or the rest of the majority of open class does 
that they have something to really compete against to where they're kind of competing against more so their their peers and counterparts as opposed to the Matt Alwines, which he's a new shooter too. He's been doing this shit for nine months and he's still killing Bama's. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He comes and where Matt where Matt comes in with his skill is a he was a competitive, a really a pretty good competitive three archer shooter. So as far as the mental aspect of the game is no different from what we're doing, and he was already at a high level for that, right? And then he's good buddies, hunting buddies, and, and shooting buddies with John Pinch, one of the best in the game. And so if you know, I bet you if I could shoot with John Pinch every weekend, uh, David would get a lot better too. You get what I'm saying? Having having yeah. someone like John Pinch at my disposal to help me, coach me through, and kind of like. I don't want to say say it in a condescending way, but like hold my hand at a match to like, hey, look, this is what you're going to want to do here, which I, I would want to do for me. If I was with John Pinch, we we're buddies like that, I'd want him to do that for me, right? So I don't blame him. Yeah. But that's where Matt's success come in. So he's a little bit of a of a, a golden goose when it comes to first him and Allison both. But your typical, hey, I'm getting into this sport. I got this savage rifle with the BNP bullshit chassis, or I got this Bergara HMR rifle, or this whatever with a, a, a PST Gen 2 on it that I go hunting with. That's what production is for. Not for the best, some of the best shooters in the country to go get the a quote-unquote production rifle that is a fucking custom rifle, and then go and just just waylay on the, on the division. I mean, it would... What would happen if I said, all right, I'm going to start trip rifles. I go to I go to Impact and say, I want to buy 100 actions from you. I go to Foundation, I buy 100 stocks. I go to Josh, I'm going to get 100 barrels from you. Trigger tech, I need 100 triggers. I put these things together. And I think with those those four components, I think I could get the pricing down to where it'd be under twenty five hundred. I make a hundred bucks on them per one I sell, and I sell them out, and I and I run them out the door. As long now, here's the here's the catch is you have to be an actual, on the marking variance, you have to be listed with the ATF as a manufacturer, not a not a gunsmith putting shit together. You can't, you can't do that. That's not what a production rifle is. If you are selling it, you have to be the quote-unquote manufacturer, meaning you, manufacturer. you have to be the manufacturer. That's why Josh, the John Hancock, even though he didn't cut the actions, him and Ted both, were on the marking variants as far as action in the stock. That's that's why it is not a nucleus. That's why it is listed. It is it is on lasered on that action a John Hancock rifle, and then the barrels were one specific barrel, multiple calibers, but one specific barrel that were also marked John Hancock on that barrel. That way, because I couldn't just go get another barrel rebail it. I had to get a John Hancock barrel for it. That's the difference. So you can't just, like you said, buy them all wholesale, put them together, and sell them as production rifles because you didn't produce it. You just assembled it. If you were Impact, now if Impact wanted to do that, they could. If Impact, if Tate Streeter said, I want to, I'm making a 
I'm going to cut some corners on the impact action to to be able to the margins make margins work. And work out a deal with John Kyle on the stocks. Well, they cut barrels there. They cut barrels at impact. They could mark the barrels with the action. That way you know that is a whatever they name it to be. Whatever and, the contour is that they settle on. Right. So and then and then the marking on the barrel is uh, is uh, goes along with the the rifle it goes on. That way it's proven that it's for that production rifle. Then he could do that, but Jeff Tripp couldn't do that unless you made a deal with the ATF and we went through the the process of you becoming a firearm manufacturer. Yeah. That's what's stopping people from doing what you're what you're saying right there. Personally, production class. Is is a, is a glorified it's, gamer stage. It, a, well, okay. Gamers class. On its it face, is. it had good intentions. In it's practice, well put into practice, it has been abused. Yeah. I'm not I'm not blaming Matt. I'm not blaming Doug. I'm not blaming Scott. I'm not blaming Mike. Hey, that's the way it is. The, that, the rules. That yeah, and and that's not a problem. But I'm saying. This has opened up a, a a pretty nasty can of worms, probably the the ugliest can of worms since Shannon took uh, ownership of the PRS. Um, and I, I I don't have a bone to pick with Shannon at all, um, but I will say that I foresee a lot of people 2021. There's going to be a lot of matches that have some PRS matches that have some open slots. Um, I really, I really, in my, maybe I'm wrong. Selling out is going to be tough. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. And, and to me, I think it is a perfect time for someone to, to, to come up with another alternative because the NRL, the PR, what was kind of all of the POS's dirty laundry has come out in throughout all this. So this is like what started it, like, the the whole it was like well you know what that makes sense because the PRS does all this contrived ass shit right the, and then all the shortcomings the 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 good old boy shit and then the hey if it's match directors if you don't if you hold an NRL match then we're not associating you you won't be able to hold a PRS match yeah to me that is the most fuckboy shit you can do that, that kind of goes to the whole steel hunting versus dog hunters yeah right exactly which, which is all pushed by PETA yeah they're, they're the ones that and, and that, that just goes back to if you can get the hunters fighting the hunters we don't really have to do anything right and so now the the NRL the, the NRL was born out of retribution it was born at I mean it really was because now this is before Shannon's time um, so that's not on Shannon, but uh, it, that's what, and, and honestly, the NRL is better about that, but I know from people, from match directors, and I know from you know, other people that would know that the NRL is not guiltless in, in this, in this, in this uh, situation as far as the same, same type of behavior. They are just not as egregious as the PRS is like, it's no secret. If you, if you, if let's say, uh, I've been holding the PRS match for the last three years and I plan on holding one this year, 
But uh, let's say Travis Ashida calls me and says, hey, man, we'd love to bring the NRL back to the southeast, and we want to hold one at your range. I was like, yeah, sure. That's fine. Yeah, we'll schedule. I got a PRS match in, um, in let's, May. How about we we'll, we'll about September? Now, there's a chance that the NRL is like, whoa, 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 you're, you're gonna, if you're going to hold a PRS match, then we're not coming down. Or it could be, yeah, that's fine. And then when the word gets out that I'm holding an NRL match, wait, 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 you're not going to be holding a PRS match in May. That is the most childish, contrived bullshit that I have ever fucking heard. And that to me just leaves the door open for for outlaw matches or non-affiliated because people want to shoot. They don't want to be in the Which is why. Pat Hulse Precision will not be affiliated with either groups. Yes, exactly, because we are going to hold. We are going to be straight ILO matches, and this is going to be something. And and, I, and we need some responses for this. Um, I need responses from this, so please go go in the comments when after you listen to this. If you make it this far, because we're what. 216. Two, two hours and 20 minutes into this podcast. Hopefully, they'll still be listening. They do a good job of it. Um, I need to know, as a shooter, would you rather spend 90 bucks and have a higher payout or spend 50 bucks and have a lower payout? That's what I need to know. Yeah. That, so that's how I'm going to – that's how – my matches for 2021, we will be having matches in 2021. Yep. That's, I need to know how they how I need to do my pricing. Because we've we've already talked about it. We we're not going to have prize tables. No, There's no not going we're not going to we're not going to Vortex even though Vortex is Other probably one people. of the most general uh, generous uh of uh, sponsors out there for a prize table there's always vortex shit at every fucking match which is awesome but we're not doing that we're giving the shooters what they want other than patriot valley arms pda is kind of is kind of affiliated with us so that's they're gonna probably be title sponsors to all my matches um we're still in negotiations on that uh, as to exactly what's going to happen so I, there will be some stuff to give to people, let people try out. Uh, I may have some guns for people to try out. Um, it's it's gonna be it, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah, but we so when you go to a match, when you go, what do we talk about? What do we talk about today? So when you've got a guy that's that spends a lot of money shooting matches, traveling around, right? He's a sponsored yep. shooter, or or not a sponsored shooter, but he takes it seriously, and he bought. He's got, I mean, he's got a tangent theta. Uh, he's shooting a custom a custom rifle. He hand loads all that stuff. He has. You're not going to pick up a, ta- a something better than tangent theta. He goes to the prize table. He picks up the most expensive item that's on the prize table. Which is either going to be a gun, an action, or glass. Yep. And the first thing that happens is he starts making phone calls and tries to liquidate it. 
Yes, he is trying to recoup his investment in shooting that match because, like we talked about other than Doug, we, none of us are professional shooters that get paid to shoot, right? We want to break even at least on our hobby that we love doing. So that's what they do. So what are we going to do? Every match that we hold that is going to be anything over a $20 entry fee just for getting us out there. But if it's over something like that, because we're going to have fun matches where it's literally – Hey, just bucks, come, and shoot. come and shoot and do what you want, all that crap, right? Game so it, we're going to do that. It, you get up there and game it. You rub the props. You get your bipod, your tripod put your, set. Put your balls you on bring, it. You bring your five bags, everything. Do whatever you want to do. This is what – those matches are going to ones you want to come to when you want to try something new for your next two-day, right? That's something right. you want to nail, nail down, right? Want, but we're also – yeah, we're also going to hold matches to where the entry fees are a little bit higher, and it's going to have – they're all going to have cash payouts. Yep. Going to be heavy positional. Not going to be a lot of modified prone stuff. A lot of heavy positional. Small targets. Small targets, especially right now because we're going to be dealing with a, a, a distance issue um, until I get the center of the property cut, as we talked about in the last podcast. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just going to be, and at the end of the match, you had a bad stage. Let's go back and shoot it. Let's figure out why you shot bad on that stage. Go run two mags on it. You know, go, go take two mags of ammo and go shoot it. Shoot it slow. Shoot it off a clock to where you're working on it. Finding out where you need to be, where, oh, I should have had my elbow here or what, you know, figure it out. That's fine. Where else do you get to do that? At least in nowhere, nowhere around here, at least. I mean, maybe I ain't been everywhere. The only place, the only place that I've been able to go back and shoot stages after I've shot them. The Pig River? The Pig River. Pig River. Josh Josh Bates is the only one that has ever let me go. I had a I, I I did bad on stage three. I'd love to go shoot it again. Go. Yeah. Just go over and shoot. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and go over and shoot. It's like, damn it, why didn't I just shoot it that way? Right. Yep. So we're we're gonna have that, and I think it's gonna be really cool. It's gonna be an opportunity for people to do some things that they haven't been able to do. Uh, and then, like I said, on those those little cheaper matches, the less formal. Um, we're not formal people, so they're, ne- they're never going to be super whatever. Yeah. But but those less formal ones, that's where you go if you wanted to try a new caliber or you wanted to see, oh, maybe I'm thinking about shooting TAC class this year, but I don't want to go and bomb a, st- a bomb a match because, you know, no, bring your 223. Bring your 308. Yep. If you just want to get some practice in the 223, not burn up your 105 burgers that you're so hard to get right now. Fucking bring the two, strap the two, two or three barrel on and come shoot this match. There's not a big you want, investment. You want to learn how to shoot Mirage? Go to my range. Dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, man. That Mirage is so mirage fucking. Mirage is wicked. You better hope it's a cloudy day. You better hope it's a cloudy day. Because if the sun is up. Shoot early in the morning, late in the afternoon. Yeah. Mirage, mirage is bad. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and just apologize. Mirage is bad. It's inherent to the East Coast. We got low water table or high water table. Um, But I do want to do a match 
where we literally put a podcast out like two weeks before and let the listeners pick the stages. I want to do a whole match where everybody, we just, the, the, whoever, the comments dictate how the stages are. That's cool. I like that idea. Yeah, we'll definitely do that, dude. What do the shooters want to shoot? Yeah. We'll set the whole match up like that. Well, I've got a lot. I mean, I've got, I mean, I've got listeners all over the country, but that's, I bet the vast majority of my listeners are Southeast shooters. And so, um, and probably North Carolina, Virginia, South Carolina, yeah. Georgia shooters, Tennessee shooters. So that they're maybe all. Maybe you saw a stage at another match that just that burned your ass, and you've been waiting to shoot it, it again, so you could get a figure out how to shoot it better. Let me know. We'll set it up. I'll go get the. I'll go get the items to make the stage. I mean, yep. it. Not go, no sweat off my back. Yeah, we're gonna get like a cattle gate. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> doing. I'm not doing this to make money. My career is real estate. This is a hobby. I love shooting. I've been shooting since I was in my single digit ages, and I've I've shot pretty much everything that's out there, and I love it. This is just something that I love doing. I've got the I have the opportunity to do it. I have the I have the opportunity. I have the 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 fortunate ability. I own the land. I've got a place that we can do matches, and I want to give back to the people that that love doing the sport as well. Yeah, and bottom line, we got some of the best barbecue in the country. So I'm just gonna say that. Hey, we got. Hey. Whoever wants to stay after, I'll cook chickens. Oh, cook chicken. I throw a pig on there. Yeah, Hell dude, yeah, dude. Look, we'll, we'll throw a pig on in the morning when the match starts. It'll be done by the time the match is over. Yeah, we'll, we'll cook. We'll do a straight up pig picking. About a 120 pound hog. Throw her on there. And I mean, look. I, look, it, it, when my matches go live on, uh, and I don't know if I'll do practice score, if they'll just be cash matches. Um, it depends. Uh, we'll probably have to start doing practice score after about the first or second match when people start figuring out there's a new yeah. game in town and everybody's like, "Hey, I want to go shoot that match." Yeah. Um, we'll we'll have to do it so I can keep track of who actually shows up. Cause, yeah, sign ups and everything like that. So it's we, gonna we, be we're, it's gonna be laid back. It's gonna be fun, and that's the key. That is the major key thing to it fun yeah so many matches i go to that are, are they're just not fun there is too so much stress involved ro's are just pissed off i mean it just or suck to be fun or yeah or suck i mean the, the whole premise behind all this is fun we get yeah. out we shoot it's a hobby it. none of us are doing this to feed our kids or to pay our light bill. It's none of us are doing it for that. So you want to maximize the fun, yeah. right? Hey. And see, my problem is I maximize the fun like the night before the match or like, so I, I pay for it during the match because I had too much fun yeah. the night before. 
So, we did that the entire finale. <laughs> yeah. That code I would have. I didn't know day one. I, I, I actually went into day one. I got one drink at the, uh, I believe it was Rock Rock uh, Rock Creek Bar, Rock City Bar, something. Um, it was me, uh, Mike Burns, his girlfriend, Kyle Ponce, his, his uh, I guess his wife, and, Bryce, and yeah. uh, Bryce. And there was a few other guys there, and we, Dude, we had a blast. I had one drink to, I drank one drink that night. I think Bryce drank almost an entire bottle of Jack. It's because Bryce is a fucking badass son of a bitch. That's why. And the bartender, and he's Irish. The bartender only charged him for two drinks. Oh God. Well, we found out the next night as we went back to the bar because the fajitas were so good. The bartender quit right after we left. <laughs> he literally went downstairs and was like, "Fuck it, I quit." That's hilarious. Uh, right after we left. That's hilarious. It was, dude. It was, it was awesome. Oh um, man. But I, yeah. I will say this: the food in Calabash, Oklahoma, sucks. Oof. Other, other than the fajitas at that one place, um. We ate at a couple of different places. Uh, inner inner urban burger place. Yeah. The only thing that was good there was the bacon that they put on the burgers. Oh no. Um, no beer. They they didn't even know what IPAs were. Probably couldn't uh, spell IPA. <laughs> well, they they had Goose Island IPAs at the uh, at the Rock. Rock, whatever city, it was, whatever Rock it was. Island, Rock, Rock City, Rock Creek, Rock, Rock Island. I don't know what the fuck it was called. It, it, they had Goose Island IPAs, and we literally drank all that they had on night two. Fucking rookies. I, I was sitting at the table with uh, Ben Flaner, uh, Will Rugged, um, John Alden. Uh, and then uh, two other guys. Um, I can't remember who they were, but it was it was uh, or Mitch Mitch Biggs was there, uh-huh. and it was literally they brought out like six goose island IPAs. Like, yeah, that's all we got. Oh God, what <laughs> fucking? Hey, what are you fucking new? It was fucking terrible. You fucking new or something? Um, but yeah, it's gonna be great. Twenty twenty one is gonna be fun. Um, well, the shooting might be, but I think twenty twenty one, the year is gonna fucking. I think twenty twenty was the foreplay, was a little bit of the hand job rub and tug. I think the real fucking is coming twenty twenty one. Nah, it it really can't be any worse than twenty twenty. Don't say that. Uh, All right, I'm brother. Gonna, I'm gonna say it. Well, I hope you're right. Uh, I, look, I hope you're right, but we'll see. We want to hold the first match. What are you thinking? You want to do it before March? Fuck, dude. We got work to do. All I got to do is mow and set up some targets. And build, we got to finish building props. We built like two stages. We got we got more stages to build. And then, oh, the big thing we got to do is put the damn platform up for the long range stage. 
That is a that's a booger bear. That's a day. You gotta get a, tr- a try that out with an auger to put the telephone poles in. I got an auger, a handheld auger. We ain't gonna fit. Yeah, what are you gonna lift them platforms up with? They're like eight thousand pounds a piece or more. Mm, they're not that heavy. Hey, the Egyptians built pyramids with with rollers and rope. Yeah, and like slaves. <laughs> they had slaves doing it. What the hell do you think UNCL are? We ain't uh, a million Jews, but we'll figure it out. I say, I say, I say by April. By April. But yeah, because I, I only got one match between now. I got January second, and then I'm shooting the Vortex Sniper Challenge. And then uh, war is at the end of March, and that's it. Man, yeah. I don't really, I don't know, I don't think there's anything really pressing in April. No, so, I think, uh, I think it needs. We need to, we need to get on a horse and start knocking shit out, and and have it, have the match in April. We'll know better. We'll know better by the end of February. That way, we can announce the match, right the course of fire. And it's going to be, the first match is not going to be a big match. No, no, no. This is going to be the, the cheap shit. This is going to be the fun. It's going to be limited numbers. Yep. Um, when we post it, it's going to literally be like probably less than 50 shooters. And first, first, well, honestly, first probably, probably what we talking about doing like an invitation thing, guys that we know we shoot with and then for like the first because that way if we don't do a good job as far as the match running they're our friends don't give a shit they fuck them yeah, yeah. talking to you eric and alan and mike yeah. and well you got ben oh you said yeah so we don't care if they're disappointed or not dan posey and then uh um bryce Third. and all his group i mean yeah we got shooters that we know that we can just do an invite, say 50 guys, five squads of 10, and, and yeah, roll with That match should be done before 10 o'clock. Good, before Mirage is bad. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the time. Yeah, I mean, it, that way, I mean, we can get it shoot, and we can find out the shortfalls that we got, figure out what, what we need to fix, and kind of go from there. Um, yeah, summertime, obviously we know time change and everything, days get longer. Summertime, we can still, you know, have a, a bigger match and still be able to have the time of daylight to be able to go back, like we talked about, go back. People have time, like a free shoot or whatever yeah. after the match. But you can't do that in March or April. It's just not enough daylight. There's not enough daylight left. If there's any listeners out there that, that has a plasma table that wants to donate some targets. Um, I could use some targets. But we got a plasma table in Aiden. We do. I actually talked to a guy last night in uh, Jacksonville that does, uh, he sells targets. I don't know where he's getting them from. He's not making them because he said he was buying them from somewhere, but targets were literally like 10 bucks. Yeah, they're probably shit still, though. So he he squares his AR500. I mean, easy to find out, but I mean, yeah. 
he gave me a price list and it was cheaper than anybody else I've talked to. I know where we I know where we can find out. We can load I can load up those ninety five grain solids in my six Creedmoor. Oh, absolutely. And load them hot as shit. Put them inches at two hundred yards. Swiss cheese and yeah, no shit. Absolutely. But again, if anybody out there that's listening makes targets, um, that's the one thing I'm needing right now. I got I got to get some more targets. And yep. probably looking from like three inch to ten inch targets. Yeah. Simple circles and squares. Yeah, T posts for T post hangers. Uh, actually, we're gonna be doing a fire hose on eight. Some of yeah, yeah. Some of them are gonna be. Mo- yeah. Most of them are gonna be that way because they last last longer than T posts. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Well, I got fire hose, so I got plenty of fire hose. Yeah, if if somebody's out there can help us out, get up with David, get up with me, and uh, they might get you a few free entries into some matches. There you go. I mean, I, I'm I'm a willer and diller. There you go. Yes, he is. Well, folks, appreciate y'all listening tonight, Jeffrey. As always, I appreciate you, and uh, I'm proud of you for your performance at the finale in such adverse conditions. And uh, had a good time tonight, brother. Absolutely. As always. Yep. Well, give me a holler tomorrow. I'll talk at you. Just hold on one second. Don't hang up yet. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Tune in soon. I'm, I don't know who I'm going to have on next. I got the season about is basically over with, so people's time is going to get freed up. So, anyway, thanks, guys.